This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I aimed at the public's heart, and by accident, I hit it in the stomach. This was author and journalist Upton Sinclair reflecting on the impact of his 1905 novel The Jungle, which described in grisly detail the plight of -of turn-of-the-century immigrants working in meatpacking plants in Chicago. The Windy City's massive stockyards were once the backbone of its economy, and Sinclair sought to expose the backbreaking labor that injured and killed its desperate immigrant workforce, who found themselves living in slums and boarding houses. The novel was a sensation, though it wasn't the labor abuses that horrified readers, but rather the filthy conditions of Chicago's slaughterhouses. Sinclair's visceral prose described human waste and dismembered fingers being ground up with pork and beef, employees sick with tuberculosis coughing up blood while handling meat, even workers who accidentally fell into rendering vats and were boiled alive, their remains sold as lard. Not even Sinclair's controversial socialist politics tempered the general public's universal revulsion, and in response, President Theodore Roosevelt quickly signed legislation creating what would become the Food and Drug Administration, forever transforming food safety standards in America. By the turn of the century, Chicago's stockyards would begin to close, as meatpacking plants were relocated to rural areas. Also exiled out to the city limits by modernity were the factories that used to clog the city's air with thick smoke. A neighborhood where many Italian immigrants settled was once known as Smoky Hollow because industrial exhaust often blocked out the sun. Smoky Hollow was redubbed River North after its pollution subsided and became known for its art galleries. And it's in this sanitized, gentrified historically Italian neighborhood that restaurateur Rich Melman of the punnily named Let Us Entertain You Restaurant Group opened an Italian-American sit-down joint serving an accessible version of the cuisine's classics. Designed as a throwback to pre-World War II dinner houses, it was an immediate hit adding two more Illinois locations in its first three years. In 1995, the Red Hot concept was acquired by Brinker International, the parent company of Chili's, and taken nationwide, expanding to over 50 locations today. And while food sanitation in the U.S. may be much improved versus 110 years ago, working conditions in America's vast food industry, especially in slaughterhouses and on factory farms, resembles all too closely the punishing jungle described in Sinclair's magnum opus. This week on Doughboys, Maggiano's Little Lily. Welcome to Doughboys, the podcast about chain restaurants. I'm Nick Weiger, alongside my co-host, the six million calorie man, the spoon man, Mike Mitchell. All right. That was courtesy of Eric, who adds... Even my wife said it was funny. So Eric's <laughs> wife feels good about that one. If His you have a, wife was nice to him and said it was funny. Yeah, and he gave him the confidence to send it in. If you have an insult you'd like me to use on Mitch at the top of the show, roostspoonman at gmail.com is roost the address. Spoonman. Roast Spoonman. Oh, not okay. Roost Spoonman. All right. It was no, good. not like we're going to rouse you from a slumber with a... a Cockadoodle do? Is, is that, that what I'm saying? That, oh, okay. Roost. Like a rooster. Yeah. Got you. Uh, and, and, you know, the insults are back because October blessed is over. That's right. It's This is our first episode in November. That's right. And uh, yeah, how are you feeling? You feeling more spiritual now? 
No. <laughs> and also, this should be grocery store month, but you're a little baby boy. Well, look. And it won't happen. We know we're going to relitigate this right now. All right, that's fair. Howdy ho to Spoon Nation. Can't look at my guests when I say that. Can't look them in the eye. <laughs> and I'm going to play a little drop for everybody. Oh, yeah. We don't want it to be too high. About it. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, we're going to bleep that and we're going <laughs> to. I'm going to, 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 i am going to uh, fuck you, Wagger. All right. That was a nice song. Yeah, an impressive feat of audio engineering. I mean, creatively, I don't know if I'm on board, but I, I just the, the technique Wait, creatively? Why are you on board with it? What? <laughs> I don't know. What was it trying to say? That was from Greg Francis. He says, you're cool. Here's a drop. Thanks, Greg. Oh, that was nice. I agree with him. A little bit of positivity there. Uh, Mitch... We've had uh, we've had quite a night. This has been it's been a crazy night. Well, well let's yeah. we've got a, we've got a late night record and 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 let's get yeah. our guest in here. Yes, uh, from the marvelous Mrs. Maisel on the podcast, Kevin Pollock's cat chat. Oh boy, yeah. I almost said Kevin Pollock's cat show. That's a whole different thing. But maybe we can discuss cats a little bit. Kevin Pollock is our guest. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. Please be seated. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> what a pleasure. What a... I got cats on the brain because uh, you, you and, saw one. I a saw one ago. Yeah, you brought your cats in here. We were uh-huh. talking cats at dinner. Um, you are a cat owner. Tech tuxedo cats in specific. Yes. Yep. Hope right. I don't, I'm not giving away to the listeners that may not have known you were a uh, <laughs> tuxedo cat. We were going to reveal Wally and Irma's breed at the very in the very last episode of Doughboys. I'm surprised people don't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bleep it out. It's right. fine. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I would think people would know that from I haven't. I, haven't I, think, I think some people don't. Okay. I think. I mean, also, it's not a secret. Obviously, that's a joke, Nick. I don't know if you really thought I was going to reveal it. At no, but point. I was. So, no, but I'm like, I, I, I would assume that our listeners would know yeah. that you have tuxedo cats because I feel like the pictures have, have cropped up on social media, but maybe they don't. Yeah. Yeah, we put them on social, but not everybody who listens is on social media, right? Yeah, I'd say most of the people who listen aren't on social media or aren't on, aren't following our social media. Yeah, which good is choice. probably good. You know, yeah, yeah. you don't need more of this bullshit than this actual podcast. <laughs> um, Kevin, thank you so much for making time for us. Uh, I understand you're from the Bay Area. Yeah, originally, yes. Uh, uh, San Francisco born, San Jose, California raised. Moved back to San Francisco when I was about twenty to uh, launch the uh, full time stand up comedy career. Right. How yeah. was, that, that must have been a great, I mean, that was, that was a great time to be in San Francisco. That stand-up it scene was, was yeah. yeah. Um, Robin Williams had just popped on Mork and Mindy. Dana Carvey and I were just starting out. Wow. Um, we're talking Cobbs? 20, 23 he would be him. Oh, okay. I think he's three years older than me. Um, yeah, so you had Cobbs. Uh, Holy City Zoo, of course, where uh, Robin and a few people started because the room holds like seven people. Uh, so mostly you're performing to other comedians there. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is a lot of, I think a lot of, of peop- listeners probably don't know that that's so much of the early days. Nick, when we would right. do stuff too, it was just two other, other, comedians. other comedians. Yeah. Which, I is, remember, which is the hard, uh, it's a hard audience. I remember Harder. going to watch open, like I just like was a, uh, in LA, like going to college and I was just like, oh, I'll go watch this open mic. And I realized like, oh, I'm the only person here who's not like, doesn't have my name on the list. Like yeah. I'm just like, I thought this was just like a stand up show to watch and no, it's and just. And then a, you put your name on the list. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, it, it is a lot. Of, I think a lot of you know, it's 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 enthusiasts performing for other enthusiasts or, or other wannabes. Um, but so uh, I'm curious about uh, uh, you know, uh, and uh, I, I'm curious specifically because the Bay Area has its own food scene as as separate from SoCal. I think people think of California as one big block, but I think that the Bay Area is maybe a little has its own things that does uh, uh, to, to specific presentation. Um, is there anything you uh, you crave in the Bay Area? Any of your favorite spots to eat up there? Um, no, from growing up, you know, it there wasn't as many. I feel like there wasn't as many chain restaurants in general, right? Yeah, uh, because when I was younger, you know, we had just invented fire, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I can remember McDonald's French fries being the first time they were nineteen cents. You know, they've had retro releases uh, yeah. since. Yes. And also, the first time they posted the number of people served oh, yeah. was in the very low millions. That's wow. crazy. Like, I think I remember the very first time I saw it was, like I said, 31 million served. And I thought, where are these 31 million people? Was, what is that? What? No one had that's, ever boasted anything so ridiculous. That's crazy because now it's in the bill. It's I don't even know what of course, billion yeah. number it is now. Right. That's insane. It certainly yeah. wasn't worldwide. Yeah, and you the, also the 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 oh do you know do you know the answer? No, it just generically says billions and billions served. Oh right, okay, yes. Yeah. They, they they gave up. They did. Yeah. They just gave up counting. They basically like a blackjack dealer wipes their hands before they leave the table, <laughs> and the new one comes in. They hold their palms to the eye in the sky. And then they left the counting of right. billions. I think uh, I, I business. Pro- I probably make up for a good number of those of, that, of those billions. Also, when I I think I remembered the uh, when McDonald's back then their French fries were were really good for longer than thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard this, and I I, I they remember, definitely changed the recipe. Right. Well, yeah. this is that Malcolm Gladwell has a very you know did I I did. I think his podcasts for me are kind of hit and miss, but sometimes he like hits on something and it's, and it's super fascinating. He went, he did this beef tallow, uh, fries episode where he really yes. dug in on like the, when, when McDonald's fries used to be fried in, in beef fat. And it's like, it's like kind of, he actually has a, he has like a food lab where they recreate McDonald's fries fried in that beef tallow, which I think what was what it was until up through the mid eighties, maybe. Yeah. And, uh, and apparently the difference is night and day, uh, but I don't remember ever experiencing that. I only remember the post, uh, you know, the the the, ve- the properly vegetarian fries that they've converted to. The takeaway for me from what you just said was that Malcolm Gladwell has a little too much time on his. Head. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you said some other important things. Right. Yeah, but that's what I heard. Nick, I, I gotta say to you, you might, you maybe are, have a world record for having uh, the headphones highest on anyone's head they've ever been. What is going on over well, how there? How are they positioned? Did they, you get a recent haircut? <laughs> they, I think maybe that's what I think that he did get a haircut. I got a semi-recent haircut. Oh, the strap is messed up. It looks very high on your head. That's it. That's oh, what that's it is. what it is. Yes, it looks very. It looks uncomfortable. It was annoying me. I had to say something. <laughs> right I didn't really feel listener. it. Yeah. No. The the strap was twisted, so it created an effect like it was raised very high on, off the top of my head this this is probably this is probably one of the best moments in our show this is the most compelling the show has ever been well it's theater of the mind right whereas before 
They were just listening to you talk. <laughs> <laughs> so were you? Because I, 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 the Bay Area. I mean, I think when people think of it, they think of uh, they think of you know Mission Burritos. I don't know how much of a mm. of a thing that was when you were there. I think uh, uh, you know the, the certainly ch- clam chowder in a bread bowl. I think it's thought of yeah. as, a, as an F- SF staple. Is that really? An, is that really a San Francisco? Or is it thing? for the, tourists? The bread bowl is that? Is that First real? of all, you're forgetting rice aroni. Oh, oh yes, yeah, there right. you go. Yeah. Literally Rice-a-roni. called a San Francisco treat. <laughs> right. It's so. like omitting eggnog on Christmas. <laughs> That's mm. right. It it's really right is. there. No, I mean, I, I, there, I don't feel like there is a regional food, yeah. to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Um, we talked about seafood a little bit at the restaurant. Yeah, tonight. certainly in San Francisco, you're you know you're on a bay, so it was quite yeah. the Fisherman's Wharf was very known for uh, fresh seafood, and and but again, that also felt kind of touristy as opposed to right. yeah. what the family sat down to eat. Mostly, it was bad mom's bad meatloaf. Yeah. <laughs> well, what were you eating when you're you're working the clubs and 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 you're coming up as a comic? Like, what were you grabbing for late night eats? Uh. I think Jamie's indicating by pointing to her nose, I was doing a little too much cocaine to think about food. (laughs) We've not had a nose-pointing signal before, so you're also witnessing a first. And she only knows from a few stories I've told her. But I just realized uh, we went and saw The Old Man and the Gun yesterday, the last movie Robert Redford allegedly will star in. Oh, yes. And Casey Affleck, I'm not going to give anything away, other than the very last moment they have together, Casey Affleck rubbed his nose like from the sting. And I just realized he made that move. I may be uh, making up for Casey Affleck as to why he did that, but his last gesture to Robert Redford was that. That may, uh, he, uh, he I'm going to insist that's why. I, he would love that. He might not have thought that at all, and now is going to say that. You've that's got the, the case. Boston connection. You find out. Oh, yeah. I'll talk to him. About yep, it. yep. <laughs> uh, anywho, he, so, would never, he would never have any connection with. He, he, I, I think every, every Boston person. Here's the thing with Boston people. Yes. I think with Chicago. I've talked about this on the show. Chicago people like each other, San Francisco people like each other. I don't care about Boston people that much. Come on. I, I like Boston, but I don't care. Like, when there's a new Boston comedian, get the fuck out of well, here. Just how about on. Massachusetts in general? Let's open it up a little bit beyond the city. Like Matt Myra. Do you know Matt Myra? Oh, yeah. Myra's Myra. great. Yeah. Myra's you know what, Myra? Great. Right? Yeah, I like Myra. Hey, Myra. I worked with Myra. Get the Myra's fuck great. out of okay. here. Okay, <laughs> come on. You have no beef with Myra. This Glad is fully invented. <laughs> I've heard you defend Mark Wahlberg at least. Oh my God, that's you not, are a Boston. That's not true. Fan to the core. You have a fierce loyalty to anyone from. I've never town. defended Mark Wahlberg. I, I, I know, but you, you said he, if he had been on that plane on 9/11, he would have saved those passengers. I think there's a chance he might have pulled something off. Right. That's based on his stunt double, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's not based on. Uh, there's, there's too many. There were so many celebrities. I mean, look, we should yes. We should probably talk about 9/11 for only 10 or 15 minutes. Right. But uh, the, 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 I feel like 11 minutes would probably be. <laughs> yeah, nine to 11 minutes is mm-hmm. good. Uh, there, there, there's so many. There's the Mark Wahlberg story, and then I don't know if people know the story, but Seth MacFarlane was supposed to get on a plane. Yes, which is insane. That like flew into one of the World Trade Center buildings, so it, it, like it's overslept crazy. and missed his and missed his flight. James it, Woods. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, I believe six weeks is the number. I might be off by a week. He was on a flight with two of the guys right. oh who uh, were on the ultimate flights. But six weeks prior, they were doing a run, basically, a practice run. And James Wood, this is way before anyone even used the term racial profiling yeah. in, this way, in this way for, for terrorists, certainly. Um, and he 
called the FBI and said, I, I clocked these two guys on this plane doing this. And if you remember, six weeks before 9-11, no one was clocking people and, and thinking it was a dry right. run. Oh, yeah. No. N- Wouldn't have crossed anyone's Yeah, mind. that's 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 insane. It went beyond there were two suspicious-looking people on the plane. It was they were watching every movement of when the, how often the pilots opened the door. Because back then, the, the, the uh, flight attendants did not stand in front of the door the way they do now and yeah. move yeah. the drink cart in front of it. Like, that's going to protect it. <laughs> right. You know, that's how you used to do the heavy, it. The heavy drink cart is now our... It, it, is, it is a funny thing because you're like, that doesn't seem sanctioned. It doesn't seem like a thing that, like... No. Uh, that It just seems like their move to be right. extra protection. Unless they're using that for at practice in the NFL for the linebackers <laughs> to really go at those things. I don't believe they could stop anyone. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so that's the James. That, that's, yeah, the James Woods thing is—it's crazy. You I remember, heard that before? I remember hearing that. I yeah. saw him on like Larry King Live yeah. telling that story, yeah. and I, I think one of the one of the guys he saw was Muhammad Atta, and I I wonder now because I remember that was like you know that I saw that interview like two thousand three or something, right? And now he's just like such a right wing Twitter lunatic, and I wonder if that had something to do with that progression. You Here's know what hoping. I mean? Here's <laughs> hoping. There's a a reason, right, for the turn. Right. Uh, but I worked on Shark. Do you know that? Nick? I worked on Shark. Did you really? Oh my god! I did like fifteen episodes. I, I was in I was in the post department. Crazy. In, Sh- in Shark. That's yeah. crazy. That was that was uh, one of my early early jobs. I uh, I dropped off DVDs to a bunch of people, and I told when I go back to Boston, I say I was, or I would tell people I was on Shark, and because of my Boston accent, they were like, "You're on the show Shock." They always thought I was saying I was on shock. I was Wait, like, even no, Bostonians shark. didn't know your you couldn't parse your Boston. No, I, I guess it was just people out here. Oh, I would try to explain to them where I were. You've right. lost it completely. By you have. I do yeah. not hear it. It's yeah. gone. I, it, com- it comes up occasionally when I get mad at Nick or something. It will occasionally come out. Or but. when your friends are around, when Chankton and Frailbot and Wu Tang are hanging out, <laughs> you, the Boston true. comes out a little bit. <laughs> do you have a? Uh, uh, let me ask you this, Mitch. When you worked on Shark, uh-huh. were you afraid to come up to work? <laughs> Because of your your fear of My sharks, fear of sharks. <laughs> you didn't want to come to set. Yes, I'm a buffoon who thought that there was an actual live shark on set at all times. Ah, oh, great, that tracks. That's what, <laughs> that's what I thought your answer would be. <laughs> So uh, one of one of the yes. shows that got affected by the writers strike. A lot of people oh, don't know. Right. That. The writers strike came and then they the, the, it just was a show that was dropped and I was out of a job. There were a lot of, there. Yeah, it there also were a lot got of dropped because it wasn't that great. I mean, that, that, that <laughs> might have been. Could have not been a lot of, of people were watching. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, they moved nights or something. I remember Jimmy complaining about it. Yeah, I stay. I stand by that. It was the writer strike that yep. that ruined the show. You know what? I uh, retract what I said. I'm going to go with the writer strike as well. It was a solid show. Check it out on nope. whatever. No. Yeah, well, yeah, find Shark on a streaming service. There are 497 scripted shows. Do we need to bring back <laughs> the discussion of Shark? I think a Shark reboot, saving Shark, I think could work. I think people want to see it again. Mm. <laughs> Mail in live Sharks to NBC? What network was it <laughs> CBS. on? CBS. CBS. Mail them to CBS. Uh, so uh, so I, uh, outside of the, uh, the Bay Area... Uh, it, it, Speaking and, of Sharks. Yeah. Mm. Are there are there sharks in the bay? The red, oh, sure. the red triangles up there, Nick. Wait, what's a red triangle? That's the, the it's a gang of sharks. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, they have vests, no jackets. Like the street sharks. Oh man, <laughs> those toughs. guys are bad news. They're young toughs. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's the it's an area where there's the most uh, shark attacks in the uh, in the, in the world. I oh, believe. fascinating! Is it is a is an area between? It's like in San Francisco and like that. Well, I don't know. It's by maybe by San Jose, where you grew That'd up. Be Santa Cruz, Santa also, Cruz. Yeah, little, yeah, 
Yeah. Mitch, three, three different points that kind of make up the, the red triangle. Mitch, for someone who seems to have a passing familiarity with like world events at large, you have such an intricate knowledge of like shark danger. <laughs> You're just like an encyclopedia of shark deaths. I feel like you could cite the number of fatalities like off the coast of Australia in any given year. Well, yeah. Why are you so irrationally afraid of sharks? What's more likely? Am I going to get strangled by a politician or eaten by a shark? <laughs> I'm guessing it's the movie Jaws. Yeah. It is. Uh, I used to go to Cape Cod when I was younger. Right. And, and Jaws everything was, was fine before the film? And, and yeah, I think things were fine before the movie. <laughs> and then I saw the movie. I'm scared of sharks forever. Yeah. I can dive into a swimming pool to this day if it's at night and, and it's dark. And, and for a second. Oh, yeah. It flashes in my brain. Is there a shark in this pool? A hundred percent. Just for a second. Yeah, yeah. Right. I, a hundred percent. Especially night swimming in the. I don't even like to go in the ocean anymore. I used to go in the ocean all the time. Swim around it like crazy. Yeah. Not anymore. Can't do it. Do you have any irrational fears, Kevin? Any phobias? Irrational fears? Yeah. I have very many rational. Okay, fears. that's fine. That's fair. <laughs> uh, lions. Love cats. Lions. Love cats. But uh, it's just a rational fear. Right. So now I'm trying to think of an irrational fear. <laughs> Can I say something? Please. I think that I could. I think I would be okay with lions. You wouldn't Come be on. until they were upset and near you. Yeah. That's what I was going For with. some reason, I think in my head that they wouldn't attack me. Hakuna Matata? Yeah. Is that what you're thinking? <laughs> um, irrational. I think, I, I, think, I think I'd be okay. They think you were like a, a hippopotamus or something? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. They are way more dangerous. They are way more yeah. dangerous. That's another rational fear. Yep. Hippopotamus. I have a fear of heights. I'm mm. very high. Like, I, like, if I'm near the edge of a cliff, like, oh. I feel like I want to fling myself off of it, and I get, like, I have to back wow. off. That sounds more like a fear of suicide. <laughs> yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess so. But it, it sounds it, like more of, like, a, yeah, longing for suicide. <laughs> it sounds like a... <laughs> so, your fear of heights is that you'll fling yourself over. Yeah. Huh. I, was like, <laughs> I would think the fear of heights for a, quote, unquote... Civilian, instead of saying normal person, would be if I'm close to the edge, I might fall off. Yours right. is, I might fling myself over. It really, honestly, it really is a little more committed to the flinging part than the fear of heights. Yeah, what, what, what is what is the fling exactly? Is it like a? You would you do a cartwheel? Do you think? <laughs> would you go foot first? Kind of just a dive. Sure, head I think, first. I think if I'm like at like the edge of a cliff or something, and I remember this from hiking and in, in my Boy Scout days, is like I just. Just be like, like, oh, I, now I, I can just jump. Like in this, clo- I can just jump from here. What mm. the hell was going on and, back and then? And I feel the same thing. Like I was on the roof of a parking garage recently, and and it was a very, it was the, one of the parking structures by uh, by Universal Studios, and and they've got like this amazing view. You can see see like all of downtown Burbank from the from the roof. And who doesn't want to see downtown Burbank? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is picturesque, pos- arguably the best view in, in California, right. As a state. <laughs> Take a hike, uh, Yosemite. So when you got, yeah, half dome, suck yeah. this. So, but when you got close to the edge of that parking structure, you thought, I could uh, fling myself. Yeah, because I could see there, there was like, there were some some props from the Jurassic Park rides just like laid out uh, just at the ground level beneath, beneath me. And I just thought, I was just like, I could just, the, the, the guardrail was about waist high on me. And I was hmm. like, I, if I just tipped forward, I would just fall onto that. Oh man, and that would be it. And so I had to like back. I had to like take t- several steps back. 
I couldn't like be near it anymore. I just like it felt like this compulsion that was overwhelming. Man, I'd have to make a tribute episode to you and stuff. <laughs> be such a pain in the ass. Yeah. You just swap in Joe Saunders. And now I feel would I would probably get the call. Right? You, 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 you would have to come <laughs> be because he talked about it. Who's this guy? <laughs> you forgot him already? I understand if you forgot him already. He I, talked about flinging himself I remember off the fling. Of- <laughs> remember the fling comment part. And shark. Those are the only two things I remember from, from the first 15 minutes anyway. If that's the only thing you remember from Doughboys, it's probably, it's probably a good thing, I right. feel like. Uh, Kevin, I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. It's not really a question. It's more as I, I told you at the restaurant, I, I was going to embarrass myself. I'm a, a, a huge uh, Scorsese fan. I... I, I uh, Goodfellas is my favorite movie. You were you've been in some legendary films, a couple, uh, some some of some of the greats. Um, Casino, great film, so such a good film and still underrated. Such a great great movie. It's fantastic. And a few good men. Uh, usual I a, Suspects, of usual, course. Usual Suspects, quite a run. Uh, oh, I got a question about Usual Suspects. Sure. Did you ever read the script and not know who Kaiser Sose was? Did like did they ever keep that from you? Um, there is a uh, urban legend yeah. that we were not told, mm. yeah, and that is a lie. Oh, it's a lie. Okay, or, or an untruth. Um, I will say the script was so brilliant that went on to win the Academy Award. That as incredible as the film turned out, mm-hmm. uh, reading the script was uh, e- even more intense and harrowing. Uh, and shocking when the ending comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 that was like I think that was maybe the first movie that ever the Crying Game. The the cry, mm, I, I, yes. I, I saw Usual Suspects before I saw the Crying Game. There you go. I was just going chronological. My bad. Yeah, but but it, but in my like as a, I was, when I and I said what year did uh, Usual Suspects come out? Ninety five. Ninety five. Okay, that's what I thought. So I was about fourteen, thirteen, fourteen. And it was like the first movie I saw like that that blew my mind at the end. You know what I mean? Right. It was the first movie I ever saw like that. Where it was like they can, I didn't know they could do this in films. It's they crazy. cheated. Yeah, they they, <laughs> they, they cheated. Yeah. Um, and with Casino, Scorsese has some of the he, like with Goodfellas. He has just the, just some of the best food in movies. Was there anything in Casino, especially maybe even Offset or Onset that that were there was just a, an experience with food that they really they really did it up. Interesting. I know that's a that's a strange question. No, but. because I was stuck there for twenty weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in the movie about nine minutes, but the way Marty. Uh, a term I never used on set. (laughs) The way Marty shoots is he may wake up one morning and decide he wants to shoot something else other Mm. than what was scheduled for that day. So we were forced uh, to stay there for for five months, basically. And Rickles, Don Rickles, uh, also in the movie Nine Minutes, and also another you know Jew comic. So we clung to each other. We would (laughs) make fun of everything, and him especially, because that's what he did for a living. Right. Uh, so I'm trying to, other than the dinners with him, yeah. which were most memorable, yeah. I don't remember a feast on set necessarily. Like you would want to be a giant Italian feast. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you guys shot in the, basically the old part of Vegas. Like it was the. The right, Riviera. The Riviera. That okay, shithole yeah. is what they used for the Tangiers. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so, that's amazing. Yeah. 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 And what, were you, were you going up and doing, oh, sorry, Nick, but no, were, were, you, were you going up and just doing sets in Vegas and stuff that, you, no? You've set up one of my favorite stories from the experience. Hell wow. yeah. Uh, there is a physical bit to it mm-hmm. uh, that I'll, I'll maybe describe as I'm doing it, because <laughs> it otherwise wouldn't play on the audio. Uh, so, as I said, I was stuck there 20 weeks. Uh-huh. So, as a stand-up comedian, 
I called my stand-up agent, separate from the acting agent, and said, hey, uh, I'm stuck in Vegas. Uh, why don't you see if you can book me opening up for somebody on the strip? Because there's, you know, 1995, all the, you know, venues and big name acts, you know. Mm-hmm. So different than now, obviously. It's, a, it's, you know, oh, there's Lady Gaga has her own casino to play. Right. You know, it was, so here, the example is, my agent called and said, I got you an opening up for the Four Tops. Um, and, you know, they were a very famous R&B and dance um, group, yeah. s- singers and, and, and choreographed. And uh, they had some hits, of course. Mm-hmm. So, uh, great, you know. As the opening act, you do about 20 minutes. In fact, in Vegas, it's, yeah, you do, you're doing 20 minutes, and I don't mean 19, and I don't mean 21. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> well, you, you, you where will the light be? There's no fucking light. All right? <laughs> you do 20 minutes. <laughs> not 19, not 21. This sounds like a Besser at UCB. But uh, <laughs> a completely different experience coming up for, for us. We're, sure, of course. Yeah, we would go over and get people mad, probably. Yeah, well, and comedy clubs are wildly different. There's, yeah, always, yeah. there's always a light. There's always a thing. So you're the opening act. So anyways, I'm excited. I mean, I got this booking uh, working on the strip. You know, I'd opened up for other big acts over the years. Coming up in San Francisco, the great concert promoter Bill Graham uh, is how one of the first few times I played larger audiences were opening up for um, Pat Benatar and her first tour. I'll oh, tell you how long wow. ago this was. Manhattan Transfer, Rick Danko from uh, the, the band, uh, Bette Midler, a lot of amazing acts. Man. So I was, you know, it was, it was, again, I'm part of that ilk where you opened up and went on tour with people. Um, so I come into work on Casino w- during the one or two week run that I'm opening up for the four tops. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I'm coming into work during that run. And I get in the hair and makeup truck. I sit in the makeup chair and uh, Rickles comes in, sits next to me. Hey, good morning, Don. Yeah. Good morning. Morning. Uh, hey, saw your name in the marquee. That's a great gig. And he's doing a gesture with his hands that suggests a choreographed dance move. Right. Where, how, why would you describe what I'm doing? You're sort of uh, uh, wrapping your fists around each other rapidly. Rolling forward and backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And it's a dance move from R&B days of the 60s and 70s. Like maybe. you're working a speed bag. And, and uh, working a speed bag is good. Yeah. Motown. Specifically Motown, Motown. yes. The you, and the four top saying, baby, I need your loving. There you go. Yeah. I looked it up. So, Rickles is doing that gesture. Oh, I saw your name on the marquee, kid. Great gig. Listen, I'm with Frank all summer. Let me know if you need tickets. <laughs> so, for the younger audience, that was Frank Sinatra, and he was rubbing it in my face. Pretty good. And I had somehow magically got a gig opening up for the four times. Wow. Which is... Which is- I mean, that's a huge song. I mean, that they're they're that that's a that's a big accomplishment. That's a then, big act. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, listen, uh, <laughs> he, he was busted balls, right? As was his want, <laughs> and also it was a thrill and honor to have him personally attack you. Oh yeah, <laughs> I that's mean, amazing. this was the deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He went after De Niro on the set. I mean, that's the main memory that I oh, usually man. share. That, that feels like a guy you I would be afraid to. Every sphincter tightens when De Niro walks on the set. <laughs> right. And I mean everyone. Yeah. There he is. There he is. Shut up. No, you shut up. Uh, no one wants to say anything when he... But Rickles not impressed. Wow. Uh, Rickles told me that he knew he owned De Niro ahead of time. I didn't know what he was going to do with that. But he said, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I got him. I got him. And I found out when he was a kid, they had, uh, you know, social uh, group, peer group would st- stand on the corner in a circle. Mm-hmm. And they'd either have a doo-wop where they sang or a put-down where they, your mother this, your mother that. Those are the two peer groups on the corners. And Demure De Niro was in the put-down group. And so to those guys, Rickles was God. Oh, right? yeah, wow. yeah. So he says, watch, watch, kid. I own them. Sure enough, middle of a take, hundreds of extras on a casino floor, cameras rolling, Scorsese's watching. De Niro is acting brilliantly. In the middle of the scene, Rickles will just turn on him. Is that the way you're going to do it? Like that? <laughs> no, no, you got the awards. I'm sure you know what you're doing. Go ahead. <laughs> exactly. And so wow. everyone freezes because they don't know how Bob's going to react. Right. Another name I never used on set. <laughs> and then he would, you just see his shoulders shaking from laughter. And he would make that face and he laughs, you know. And uh, he lost his mind laughing every single time. I mean, at the drop of a hat, Rickles would go after him and he would cackle like a nine-year-old on Christmas morning. That is Man, the scary. That is ins- that's insane to me because there's so many actors that would be like, what the, f-? like would flip out and yeah. Jack go crazy on you. That's insane. I feel like anytime I've done like a like a even the mildest barb at someone who's not you, I've just like immediately apologized. <laughs> the balls that you have to have to like exactly. approach someone with that gravity and yeah. just like I just go at them is amazing. You should apologize to me more too. I believe. Shut up, Mitch. <laughs> All right, fine. Um, so I, I, I'm curious because we we're talking about uh, movies, and I actually did want to. I did want to act. I did want to ask as someone who acts a, a, a lot. What sounds is like your, you do want to act? It's still in you. I do want to act. <laughs> Let's call that. That's what this. Is. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what do you? What do you? Because I'm always curious about different actors' answers to this question. What What is your onset snacking routine? Mm. Do you snack a lot between takes? They They ask. Uh, if, is there anything in particular you'd like in your trailer? So right. that, that happens. Mm. Um, I like to notice when certain actors on a one-hour drama. And television on the networks when they're doing 22 episodes or more. Uh, you can see through the course of the seasons who was snacking a little too much at craft service <laughs> oh, right. and who wasn't. And I make the argument, I'm going to say between season two and three of Boston Legal, that James Spader blew up like a poisoned dog. <laughs> oh, man. And I love James <laughs> right. Spader. He might be the first to admit it, that his body structure completely changed. Right. And, and I don't think it was a thyroid. Uh, I think I, it was craft service. I, I've said on this, on Doughboys, that in uh, the show I was on, on Netflix Love, that you can see me plump up between just different takes. I mean, it would seem, sometimes it would be the same take. <laughs> right. And you'd see me going fluctuating. I ha- yeah. I have pictures <laughs> that I took of the... So the table reads on Marvelous Mrs. Maisel look like a wedding. Yeah. There's flowers. There's, it's insane. That's amazing. And yeah. there, there is a food line with a carving station and a dessert station. <sighs> it's nutty nut nut. Yeah. And I take photos of the food options at the uh, table reads mm-hmm. to show to my friends at the weekly poker game. This is what's going on at work for me. Uh, and so you really have to watch it. Right. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. Uh, because I do, I do, I can go sweet, yeah, fast and deep, yeah, right. Uh, if I'm not, if I let myself, I'm either all in or all out. Mm-hmm. And during September to the end of the year, really October, because my birthday is right the day before Halloween, and so Halloween's always been my favorite holiday. Hey, I'm I'm an October baby. I love it's a great month. Yeah, yeah. 
phenomenal. And Scary. Then you month. got Thanksgiving and then the holidays and then. So I kind of let myself go in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a lunatic. Uh-huh. <laughs> Knowing I'm going to take January off. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've come to do. Not any sort of New Year's resolution. I'm mm-hmm. just going to take January off from sugar and. And carbs. And you go to you go to sweets, huh? That's that's your that's kind of fortunately for yeah. me. Interesting. Yeah. Sugar, the real drug. The yeah. real killer. It's impossible. I've never Nick, you've done a good job of, of giving up sugar in your life. I can never yeah, do it. I love it though. I, I do love sweets. Do I you love snack it. when you're when you do the craft service and stuff? Do you do you do you go for the snacks? I always get my issues is I do like a breakfast burrito and then I feel mm. sick the rest of the day or something. <laughs> and then it's terrible. But, right. I, but I, I never do the specific I never do too too much snacking. On set because uh, you have to learn not to. Because, yeah, and the more successful the show, the more ridiculous yeah. craft service. That's crazy. Yeah, right. I can it really only imagine. is a buffet um, for gods and kings and queens. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I've I've like uh, I the the yeah, I've worked on a on for me it's like like commercials are usually have just such insane budgets and right. and I've worked on some car commercials and it's just like I remember one and there was like a. Uh, there were waiters with silver trays walking around with ceviche. They were just like giving us like this is redi- this is yeah. insane. This yeah. is so mm-hmm. opulent and also unnecessary. You have some some uh, peanut butter filled pretzels on the counter and people would still be happy. But I guess I guess part of it is they're just trying to to wow. In the commercial world, they're kind of trying to wow the clients with like how much uh, money they're putting into it. But it's it's uh, it, it, I think the thing that maybe is is more universally relatable to our listeners is just like workplace boredom. I do default to snacking, mm. and I think a lot of people do. And it's just like it's just you know it, it, even if I'm just working a desk job, it's just so easy for me to just like have something to to munch on to just pass the time yeah, mm-hmm. eating out of boredom definitely is yeah uh, is, i think it's in human nature yeah right yeah. yeah and there's so much downtime if you're like shooting something that's just like what like there's just you're sitting in a chair for my at least I, that's my experience i'm sitting in a chair for most of the day also i don't think i ever truly recovered from a childhood that was my sweets were controlled uh when i was allowed to have them yeah. uh, oh okay by uh you know parents right yeah. and then you know, other than the cocaine that uh, Jamie was kind enough to allude to, I remember being 18, 19 years old and realizing, oh, I could have ice cream like three times a day right. if yeah. I wanted to. You can have ice cream sundae on set if you want to. Every day, possibly. Right. And on some sets, you could have an ice oh, cream every course. day. Of course. And then they bring the ice cream truck. Yeah. Also, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. most shows now. Uh, today's, uh, you know, there's a truck out there with pizza roll. You can't believe it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I'm still recovering from the realization 40 years ago that I could have whatever I want. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's a problem. And, Go for I, it. I was going to say, the, the, this, 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 this is getting into me fanning out too much, but... Nick and I uh, are huge Tom Cruise fans. Mm. He's uh, he's we 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 love him. Nick, love Cruise. We we love Mission Impossible. We lo- we lo- we love him. How was it? How was it on? How was it on? A few good men. Was it? Was that a? He seems like a guy who doesn't. Cruise seems like a guy who doesn't snack much. I don't believe I saw Tom snack. No, <laughs> but I did uh, find him to be uh, as personable, inspiring. Um, you know, uh, generous with his time, and, yeah. uh, more so than any giant star that I've uh, ever worked with, truly. Yeah. And uh, just uh, when I say inspiring, I mean his professionalism, his courteousness, his, his mindfulness of others, his, uh, 
sort of mother hen caring about other people's needs yeah. instead of his own. He really does set a pace and a tone. That's awesome. Um, yeah, Jamie and I have spent some time with him socially, of course. And while we're shooting that movie, first of all, I was really the only non-crazily famous person, right? In terms of the lead cast. Yeah, uh, looking back the, on that film. So I'm just right. surrounded by movie stars. Demi Moore, Kevin Bacon. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, Tom Nicholson Cruise, yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. Right. Um, wow. And in small day parts is Noah Wiley... Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, yeah. Christopher Guest plays the doctor on the That's stand. That's right, yeah. Um, uh, so, you know, and Rob Reiner was a flawless uh, head of the class director. Man, I, I, just just real quick, and I, 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 Rob Reiner, he had quite a run in there. If you look at his filmography, he made like seven or eight great movies in a row. I yeah. make that point often. Yeah. It's a, it's, and each one different than the other. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spinal Tap, Harry Met Sally, Misery, these are out of order. Mm-hmm. Few Good Men, Princess Bride, yeah, Stand by Me, right. I mean, not again. Each one completely different than the other. Every genre, everything, yeah. And he dominated every one of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Tom, Tom was was amazing. I mean, treating me like an equal the moment I arrived in rehearsal. Yeah. Um, so much so uh, that I found the stand-up comedian in me coming out and giving shit about whatever I wanted. Yeah. Because, again, he had made the, he had made the mistake of making me feel welcome. <laughs> and uh, he paid the price. So I was Rickles in that situation. Right. I gave Tom a lot of shit, and he laughed uh, genuinely and, and, and heartily. And, you know, there's, there's a couple of stories that I've just told so many times, but um, if you YouTube... Kevin Pollock, Tom Cruise, and the word pen, P-E-N, mm-hmm. there's a story I've told. And, and on the chive, they animated it. And, and Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was in my stand-up special. It's in my book uh, titled How I Slept My Way to the Middle. <laughs> uh, not just a funny title and technically still available. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and the, and the story speaks to his generosity. Right. Uh, to a ridiculous point. Uh, hey, Nick, oh. maybe you should take a page out of your, your hero's book. And start treating me that way too, you sick fuck. Wait, you mean like with with respect? Yeah. Like, you, like well, that that would imply that I have the same sort of status as Tom Cruise to you, which is not the case. I, yeah, you, you do. Look you down both upon do. me. No, I think you're just as cool. You as think I'm Tom beneath Cruise. contempt? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mentioned to you guys at dinner that yes. I got to go to this special uh, little screening of. Um, the latest Mission Impossible movie in yes. New York because the guy who wrote and directed it as well as Rogue Nation, the one before it, is Christopher McQuarrie who wrote uh, The uh, Usual Suspects. Right. Yeah. Won the Academy Award for that at age 26, that punk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he told, he did a little Q&A before the movie ran mm-hmm. and he told a few stories about the, the shooting of it that were so amazing about Tom that I thought, you've got to go to every theater in the country that's playing this film because if people knew this, for example, you have you both seen the film? Oh, yes. yes. Multiple okay. times. I've seen it yeah. times. And not real spoiler alert, because this was all over the news. Right. And he shattered his ankle during one of the yeah. uh, stunts. And specifically, though, if you see it again, and anyone who hasn't seen it, when you do see it, that jump he does from building to building, uh, that's when he shattered his, uh, his uh, ankle. So there's... I don't know how many cameras. I'm going to say seven because it's my favorite number. There are many cameras set up for that <laughs> shot from every angle. 
And there's one shot when he lands on the wall. He was always supposed to miss the jump and catch it with his hands. Yeah. And then pull himself over, which he does in the shot. Yeah. What you don't know uh, is that he shattered his uh, ankle. Yeah. As he landed in the miss land, but had the wherewithal as the true professional to pull himself over the ledge as he was supposed to and run past camera so Chris could use that shot. Right. Which is the one that's in the movie. They use in the movie. You can see him kind of limping, right? He as absolutely he walks by. winces. Next time you see it, watch a man's God. face take in the fact that he just shattered his ankle in the most ridiculous way. I mean, they had to shut down production and it cost millions of dollars. Um, that's in, that's but you can see it on his face if you're looking for it. Yeah, and then he limps, of course, getting past camera. But it, the fact that he pulled himself over and ran past camera so that Chris could use the shot in particular from that camera angle is one of the. I mean, any human being, yeah, would have landed when shattering their ankles and said, "Fuck me, stop camera, where I've just killed myself." <laughs> yeah. So can yeah. we stop for a second? Can someone help me? I mean, you know, nope. Pull himself over ramp past lens. I got stung by a bee, and we shut down Doughboys. Same Boys difference. For, <laughs> same difference. Same exact. We shut down Doughboys for, was it three months now? Yeah. It was a while. <laughs> yep. You are. Uh, Just like Tom. The next Tom for, Yeah. Do you uh, so uh, yeah and and just you, you mentioned that and I'll, I'll just I'll just uh, mention something else for people to, to Google Christopher Quarry did a did a super long like Empire uh, podcast he did like a three part seven hour podcast where he just talks about behind the scenes of the Mission Impossible's and if anyone's a, a, a super fan like uh, like we are uh, check that out it's, a, it's an amazing listen he's an amazing talker um, I, I oh, want to ask yeah. you about I want to ask you about poker a little bit because I know sure. you're a poker player sure sure uh, uh, same sort of uh, meals always catered that, that's what I'm wondering yeah. oh, what are you wow. eating at, at a poker Games. Well, when I say catered, sometimes it's uh, fire pit. Pit okay. fire? Pit I, fire, pit the pizza, fire. pizza chain. Oh, the pizza chain. I always yeah. say it wrong the first time. Uh, sometimes it's just that, right? right? Um, sometimes Jamie, like last Tuesday, <laughs> got inspired by Lord knows what and decided to do an early Thanksgiving feast. Whoa. Wow. It was so ambitious that she absolutely, you could see it in her eyes, this was a mistake. <laughs> Uh, but she did it, and everyone was kind of—I mean, like she made pumpkin pies. The you, whole thing was crazy. You did—you did that. You made a Thanksgiving feast for everyone. Just you—you you cooked everything up on your own. Yes, it came from oh, Thanksgiving. You're supposed to get help too. That's insane. <laughs> I know, really, is nuts. I found a slow cooker recipe for turkey breast. Okay, so it. That was the catalyst, and it went on from there. Well, it wasn't a full blown bird, but it was two giant breasts that had definitely come from a turkey <laughs> that cooked all day long. Right. That's a, that's I, I you know what we should have thanks that that meal it just goes to Thanksgiving to get here and make your point. No, I mean I wasn't there, but you said that that's what the poker players were saying. Like, why do we only do this once a year? Yeah. sometimes twice a year because it's a, Christmas. Christmas is a similar. Right, but they're all saying by Saturday you're done with Thanksgiving food. The Saturday after Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, usually it's Saturday. And you just never want to see turkey again. Right. So you think. So yeah. But so she a couple years ago for Brian Doe Murray actually you did. A pre-Thanksgiving, like in September. Again. I did a chicken though. Right, I but all the fixings that were just like yet. Thanksgiving. That works though. If you get stuffing, the, if you get the, yeah, right. In the, in the mashed potatoes and gravy, then it works. Also, Kevin, I saw you uh, point at Jamie when you said um, peanut butter pretzels. Are you a big peanut butter pretzel fan? 
I don't know why. I mean, I love peanut butter. You got a giant jar I from Costco. I used to get those jars from Costco, but I haven't for a long time. That was time. the only reason. Was, I, I remember don't know. you got the giant jar. Those jars, they, they, they can last. I've gotten one of those big jars and it lasted like a year. <laughs> Either a week or a year. Right. It really depends on <laughs> the, who, the, who's the, home. The big, yeah, the real big ones. But Nick. it sounds like you, you like a pretty ornate meal with your, your poker games. So, right. So, it's always important to have pizza, which is the, the standard classic for poker. Mm-hmm. Well, I've been to a lot of games over the years where that's all they had. Doesn't maybe, they have the cards greasy? Salads. You don't want finger food. Okay. Yeah. And if, if they're eating slices, then you definitely want a lot of napkins around. Got because it. Because it is definitely um, poker etiquette to keep the grease the fuck off your fingers. Right. Yeah. Um, but one of our players... Uh, has a, a a chef, and that chef now cooks for the game whenever that player wow. plays. So it is way over the top in terms of those meals because it's it's nutty. It's nutty. We got to get that for Doughboys. Yes, you got to get a chef, <laughs> a chef for the show, or just only invite guests who have a chef. <laughs> that would be my because we certainly don't have a chef. Right, we just happen to know someone who does. Well, we have Jamie. Yeah. What, oh, what, there you go. What, what, do you, what do you guys usually eat? You're, you're, you live on the west side. I won't say where, of course, but what do you usually? What's your? Do you have a? Do you repeat food every? Yes. Every. There are certain places we go to all the time. All the time, yeah. Sure. sure. I'm the same way. A couple of breakfast places, S and W. Oh, yeah, it's a good diner, right? Yeah, on Washington. Very solid. Hmm? Uh, Jay Nichols. Jay Nichols. Closer, closer to Marina Del Rey. Hmm. Um, Jamie, you could speak to where we eat. These are things that you know and remember. Well, as we were walking here, I was saying because I was comparing our meal tonight to there's this great hole-in-the-wall Italian place in Marina Del Rey, or it's more Playa. It's Playa Del Rey, yeah. and it's called um, Sal- <laughs> Catalini's Salerno Beach Italian Restaurante. It has oh, five man. names. Five I names. love that. Yeah. But the- it's... I've never had a bad meal there. It's everything's amazing, which is hard to find out here. To sure. I feel like it's it's tougher it's to very get. authentic whole new all Italian. Yeah, um, yeah. So and then this one can't get enough Arby's. So Arby's has <laughs> to yeah. happen on a regular Hell, basis. Yeah, that, I was going to ask. It doesn't fast happen food. on a regular basis. That's why it's, it's never enough for her. Me. Is really what she's saying. <laughs> There's not one convenient to us. There used to be one in Santa Monica. <laughs> there was. It's, yeah. it's a Wendy's now. now it's it's a Wendy's. turned into a Wendy's, which for me is a lateral move. I, I'm, a, I, I, I'm an Arby's fan, but I'm, I'm a big Wendy's fan. But it, that was the one Arby's around. So it's, it's a bummer. There, that there's it's another gone. Wendy's over there's there. There's more right? Wendy's yeah, over that's, there. That's crazy. Yeah, one of my claim to fame that no one knows, this is I'm breaking a story here, is uh, in the early 80s, maybe 82-ish, I did a voiceover for a regional commercial for Wendy's. Oh, San Francisco Bay Area only, I think. Wendy's, we dare to be square. (laughs) That's amazing. You you, You got chills, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) We're losers, and that that maybe made us the most excited of all the the good stories you told. That is the most exciting to us. I got another one. I worked at the very first Togo sandwich place. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's right across from San Jose State University where I attended college for nine months. I graduated early. My friends called it dropping out, but I felt like... <laughs> uh, but the very first Togos in 1976 was right there across from San Jose State. I became friends with the guy who, who created them and owned them for years, and there's like 125 now or whatever. I got, I got a question for you. Yeah. What, so what... What was it? What was it? Li- what was it like? What was the? What was the first Togo's like? <laughs> I'll tell you. I remember a lot because it really was a, an amazing part. You know, anyone's life at that time. Um, there was no tape in the cast register. 
Wow. Not even a, the spool of, of tape. Yeah. The white tape right. that tells you what something costs. Yeah. So just... you push a button, the thing opens, and you... So we ripped this guy off blind, clearly, <laughs> and I've told him that. Yeah. Uh, I would pay friends when they came in to get a sandwich. <laughs> They'd give me a five, and I'd give them change for a 20. <laughs> that happened almost every day. <laughs> um but there was I loved making those sandwiches. There was an art form to it. Yeah. Um, each loaf of bread would make three larges, mm-hmm. very specific sizes. I learned how to pop a bag, a sandwich bag. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, it was just a matter of, uh, so a brown sandwich bag, uh, when folded flat, mm-hmm. is the way they mass produce them and deliver them. You would put your thumb inside and your forefinger on the outside, and you would put it over your right shoulder and then pop it onto the counter, and it would balloon open. And let me tell you, that showmanship... It meant the world to it's, me. It's, yeah, it's right. huge. Yeah. It's no, huge. I was just really learning to perform, clearly. <laughs> I was 18 years old, and that was part of the act. But I could pop a sandwich back. I, I think that's always appreciated for, for people who come into it. Don't you think so, Nick? That, that it's, always a, it's always cool to see someone do a trick like that. I, I, I love a little pizzazz at a yeah. restaurant. Sure. Yeah. So now was it was Togo's like and there were like 20 25 choices on the menu behind us. I'll have a number 7 or number 4 or whatever it was. And was it like a you very had to memorize what all those were? Oh man, yeah. You want to be the guy who looks back. Oh yeah, which one is the number 7? <laughs> right, right. That couldn't happen. I've <laughs> seen yeah. that in I've seen that in places I've ordered before. I've seen the the staff checking the menu behind them and I was like, ah, that's always a bad And sign. then you're not confident that you're going to get the best version of yeah, it because exactly. if it's someone who doesn't yeah, no, know how to make it. And yeah. there were uh Togo's Olympics, where we would, you know, who could make the sandwich the fastest, wow, and still get all the ingredients correct. I mean, it, it was pretty serious stuff. It was was it was when it was a so this is the first one. There were, were there, did you work there when there were no other Togos? Like it was the very a, first one. There was no others. So was it a very po- was it like a popular place for the campus? It was the place. It was the place to, to go get a sandwich. Yeah, oh, God, yes. And have you eaten there since since then? Have you eaten there? Did you eat there in the like later oh, on? Yeah. It was a franchise. Probably ate there until maybe the last time was. Was ten, twelve years ago. Yeah, Man. and did did you know? Did you think like the original had? Saw, or, this you're, is fat. This uh, he drops this favorite, Togo's bomb. You, you've turned into Anderson Cooper. My oh. favorite sub now is the hot <laughs> Italian hot capicol from. No, you like uh, Capriati's. You like the grilled Italian. The grilled Italian oh, Capriati's is my now favorite. That's if you want a hot Italian sandwich, you want cold Italian. You can go Jersey Mike's. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good call. I, I I usually I usually go cold Italian, but I but I I, 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 I don't like many up. hot sandwiches, but that yeah. one, uh, they do it right. Was was the so was the original show? Was it was did you could you taste a difference when it then became a chain? Did you Absolutely, see, yeah. Just in the bread, yeah. Okay, the bread alone. That's that's that to me is an interesting thing to me because when a place becomes a franchise, that's yeah, that's a, such a crazy thing of a a popular sandwich place and then it's a franchise. It Who meant knows? a lot, could, right? It meant a lot to the creator and owner of the place. Yeah, I mean his name I'm sure is available online, Mike Kobler. That all the bread, as he franchised out and got more locations, was as fresh that came to the from the bakery as the very first one. Yeah, and he he was quite amazing at quality control. But over time and over expansion, yeah, you're as good as your manager at each place. Yeah, it's, it's tough to do. There was a time that Dutch Crunch bread was just so on point, though. Mitch, yes. that was that was that was amazing. To, you, you you turned into Mike Wallace on sixty minutes, just just grilling our guests about tocos. Oh, I love it. No one's ever asked me, and I could talk about it for days because I, I really did love working there. It's amazing. I mean, and, and, and just the fact to, to be in the first one that that's that is the most. It interesting. is weird. 
It's because we 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 had a we had a guy on who was the who worked in the first Domino's. We did, yeah. And that to me too, I'm like, it must have been a completely different. It sure. probably was a different restaurant, you know. Yeah. And they, they were using real ovens and not the conveyor belts or whatever. So that's that is that's fascinating. Too. Right. Yeah, there were those. Um Chafing dishes for the meatballs and chafing dishes for the pastrami. Yeah. Chafing dishes for the roast beef. Yeah. You would, you know, and they were turned over pretty regularly and everything was pretty, pretty fresh. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Extraordinary. Yeah. By the way, that guy who worked at the very first Domino's, William H. Macy. (laughs) Was it? No. Oh. It was was a guy. It could have been. Yeah. It would have been amazing. (laughs) I can't wait to get home to to, to my wife and, and have her be like, how was Kevin Pollack? And be like... Uh, he worked at the first Togo. <laughs> she'll be like, what? And then she'll tuck you in, into your bed in the other room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be back with more Doughboys. Hey, Mitch. I feel like during the summer, pretty much everything I'm doing outdoors is making me thirsty. Yeah, I'll tell you what the issue is. That blasted sun. Curse the sun. Curse the sun. Giver of life. But also... Give her a heat. Give her a, a dehydrator-in-chief, I'd call it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Summer requires extraordinary hydration because of the sun you know that's like built for everyday dehydrating moments. Yes. The moon is cool. <laughs> Moon's real cool. When the moon the is out, out, there's never a doubt. doubt the, the moon, moon is, is cool. <laughs> and when the sun's up, up high, you can't deny, deny it's gonna, gonna be, be hot. hot. Hot, 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 hot. Anyways, I think that we've expressed that the sun gets you hot in it the summertime. Sure and the moon keeps you cool. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients. Mm-hmm. With it's- three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick, it's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. Wags, that's right. And you know what? It's so easy to just tear open a packet of liquid IV, pour it into a cup, mix it up with some ice cold water, and drink it down. My favorite flavor, strawberry. It's a hydration multiplier. That's right. Gets you even more hydrated, and it's easier to stay hydrated while traveling. And you know what, Mitch? We like the taste. I love the taste. And you know what? I love that I'm getting all those uh, electrolytes, and I'm not getting filled up with sugars. Yeah. I love the th- I love the smell, too, and it helps you out, not just while traveling, but after a big night out. You know what I mean. Come on. I Come can... on. <laughs> the, moon the moon is cool. Cool, cool, cool. Tear, pour, live more. One stick plus 16 ounces of water hydrates better than water alone. And Wags, it's got three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink. Eight vitamins and nutrients, non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and now sugar-free. We got white peach, wow, green grape, wow, raspberry melon, and lemon lime. That's right, Wags. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code DOUGHBOYS at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code DOUGHBOYS at liquidiv.com. I love Liquid IV. You know why? Why? Because it's cool. Cool, cool, cool. And the sun is hot, hot, hot. hot. Mitch, listeners, did you know learning actually makes a sound? It's true. Listen to this. 
That's the sound of you learning a new language with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. And Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Wow. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Mitch, you know what I love about Babbel is the courses are convenient. They help me learn real-life conversation skills in my chosen language, Spanish. Makes it easier to order food, ask mm. for directions, speak to people here in Los Angeles uh, without having to consult language apps uh, while you're on the go. Well, Wag, studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. And you don't want to go anywhere near a college campus these days with all those protests. No, thanks. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Wags, <laughs> and all those protesters out there... Here's a special <laughs> limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel.com slash Doughboys. Get up to 60% off at Babbel.com slash Doughboys, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Doughboys. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh boy, Mitch. Mother's Day's coming up. You got sweaters, candles. The dreaded bathrobe. Mm. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. Named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. Dreaded bathrobe covering mom up. Ugh. Get that sweater off of you. Too many layers. Wags, that's right. You know what? I'm guilty. I've given my mom too many of these boring gifts. Yes. Some some sweaters, some candles, some dreaded bathrobes. I've accidentally given my mom the same gift twice. Wow. It's really embarrassing. Or 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 you end up getting like, oh, I guess I'll give you a gift card. I don't, you know, like like it it's it, it doesn't feel like there's any love behind that. Well, guess what, Wags? I've also gifted my mom an aura frame. That's right. Wow. This is the truth. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected and come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to mom's frame. Not only will she be grateful it's not another sweater, she'll also love that an aura frame means she gets to see more of you. That's right. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's Aura, A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code Doughboys at checkout to save. And you know what, Wags? My mom liked her Aura Frames so much. Is this true? She got my sister one, and now my sister's got one in her dining room. Wow. Mm -hmm. Terms and conditions apply. Send photos you want from your phone to mom's frame. In fact, Mitch, I'm going to send your mom a photo right now. The hell? Enjoy, Mrs. Mitchell. I love you, Mommy. I love you, Mommy. You're talking to your mom, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Doughboys. We're here with Kevin Pollock. Maggiano's is this week's chain. We all went together before this record, and I should mention your fiance Jamie, who's been chiming in, uh, was was in our party. Um, we uh, and uh, we went to the location at the Grove. 
Kevin, have you been to Maggiano's before? At that location, I think twice. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's the one I'd been to, too. And I, I think I'd been, I might have been twice. I definitely, the last time I went was mm-hmm. for a friend's birthday party. And I mm. remember there this was. This doesn't seem like you. <laughs> it was. That you went out to a friend's birthday this party? This was a long time ago. Okay. But I, the detail I remember is she had an erotic cake she'd gotten. It Uh-oh. was like it was like a guy with his, with his uh, donger out. And uh, they wouldn't let her put it on the table because it was they were like we're a family business, so <laughs> so that part of her birthday was uh, was unfulfilled. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and Mitch, had you, are you a Maggiano's veteran? I, I I was saying tonight that I think I've only been once, and it was the first year I was in L.A. about thirteen years ago. Right. Was was in the very same Maggiano's. That's roughly the time frame for me. It's been a long time. Yeah. I, and I, Kevin brought up that it is a very it's a tourist. It's a tourist restaurant. It's in, in a many touristy ways. shopping well, center. Yeah, I, yeah. I meant the larger universe of the Grove. Right. Yes. When, when Jamie was commenting as we were driving to see you guys, that yeah. uh, the last time she was there was when people were in from out of town. Her best friend, and the time before that, when I was there, was when her mother was in town. And, yeah. And it really was about not going just to that restaurant, but the trip to the Grove. You're just trying yeah. to kill time while they're visiting, is what you're doing. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so whether it's the Malibu Mart. Right or the farmers mart? Any? Uh, yeah, I'll t- I, I'll take people to three different marts in the week. And, yeah, marmalade yeah. out of Malibu is pretty great because then they get to see Malibu in the ocean also. And the Grove is a, it, it is for people for people who don't know it. It I feel like it's the birth of this kind of modern outdoor Out, mall. Outdoor walking sure. looks like the Bellagio. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah, Vegas. it's very very it is very casino like in, yeah. in many ways. It, it's a uh, except it's, for the gambling part. It, there's right. no gambling. Yeah, and uh, and it, but there, but you will get your hand broken by someone with a hammer. Or if you try to fuck around with that trolley, <laughs> if you touch my Maggiano's, yeah. I'll break your hand. Uh, it, it, and I think that a lot of people do go to Maggiano's because I think I think that the tier of restaurant it is is like uh, maybe the best one there. It it, it, it is it's it's high up there. The, what, what else do they have? They got like a cheese. I mean, in terms of chain restaurants, they got a Cheesecake Factory. They got a Buca de Beppo. They've got a uh, Buca does not win. I'll tell Buca, you that no, right no, now. I, I yeah. take a Maggiano's over Buca de Beppo. And actually, that Wood does, Ranch as well. Nick. Wood Ranch. Wood yeah. Ranch is very solid. Yeah. Um, I I haven't. You know, I my memory of. Uh, of Maggiano since it's been so long was that it was like an upscale Buca de Beppo but that was not really our experience this time I guess that is uh, you pointed out there is an option to do that on the menu but here we were getting individual entrees Um, and uh, it, it is like you know I will say we were seated pretty promptly in terms of yeah. when when we arrived. It just, but that was like the most prompt that things uh, yeah. got, and then it kind of degraded from that point. Um, uh, we started with a bread basket, solid bread, very good, warm, warm, yeah, yeah. warm, yeah. sourdough. We think on the inside, crunchy on the outside. Yeah. Bread was very well done. Yeah, they, they give uh, you a little olive oil and uh, balsamic, and uh, it, you, you, you can for dipping. It, it, it's it's nice. It's the quite surprise nice. There was the Parmesan shaker at the table, which uh, every table had, which was a surprise for me. I got to tell you that I very much saw what you you poured the olive oil on, you and you used a little Parmesan, and I was like, well, I'm going to do the same thing. Why? And, and and it was amazing. It was By great. By the way, that was all me. I want credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> Everything food related ultimately will uh, the, the paper trail goes back to. <laughs> In terms of my uh, evolution and uh, ever educated palate, and, and and then and then also there the guy the guy our waiter came with the balsamic yes which was kind of I, I was I, my my idea my the, my theory is is that 
people are spilling this balsamic on the tablecloths and making a mess mm. because it's a much quicker liquid than oil, obviously. Sure. Uh, so because he came around with the bottle in his hand as opposed to the bottle, the bottle already being on the table like the oil. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was my first turnoff uh, regarding the waiter because he asked, <laughs> would you like some... Uh, vinegar. Yeah. You didn't even say balsamic vinegar. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you had to know what the dark, dark, dark vinegar is. Yeah. And then I said, sure. And he dumped about <laughs> 5X what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. He really went for it. Well, yeah. the, here's the thing, too. You just you had just made this oil with Parmesan cheese and you, you made up your own thing. And then it gets washed away with with the the vinegar. I mean, uh, the oh, same thing. I would thing have added the vinegar had the option been on the table. Same I would have yes. done the same thing. Oh, hundred percent, not, not that much. Not that it just completely overtook anything that right. you had created yourself. Like right? Jamie, when your coffee is perfect between the cream and the right, and coffee, then they want to top you off, and they want to top you off and turn it back. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, I, I had the, I had the same experience. I. I and yeah, why don't why don't they just leave it on the table? You you would think they would just have it there. I mean, like if you talk about it being a fast pour issue. Uh, like we like we mentioned, they, he poured so much anyway that like, and, and also why can't he you just get it? How quickly it poured? Yeah, <laughs> why can't you get a dispenser with a narrower nozzle? Um, prob- it might just come down to a cost thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, people go cra- vinegar crazy. It's right. a possibility. Yeah, or they decided it would be an interesting flair that. Popping the paper sandwich bag. Let's have the waiters uh, walk, walk around with balsamic <laughs> just vinegar. The vinegar. I know exactly. it's so it's so why weak. Why not both? Yeah, why not both? That why would not, be flashy. I agree. Yeah, and and, and, and he, it, 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 it wasn't like he did a great show. I mean, he he like you said, he put too much on every plate. I think so. He absolutely did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like I will I will say in terms of of dining room flair, I'm very partial to any sort of table side prepared dish, like a table swi- table side mm-hmm. walk. I like that. Mm-hmm. And I also Caesar. Great. Love that. Love anything they'll prepare a table side. Um, and also the the fresh ground pepper. I love the fresh ground pepper. Give me yeah. the pepper guy. I, I I don't know what the reason was for the vinegar man, um, but the... Uh, I, I'd I think, never seen it. Yeah, I'd never seen it. It was quite strange. Maybe that was the only point behind it. Yeah. Hey, no one else has ever done this. <laughs> right. Frank, what do you think? It sounds good to me. You're saying each one has their own... Yep, that's what I'm saying. Well, let's try it. <laughs> that's Frank Maggiano. <laughs> Frank Maggiano was at the door when we walked in. He greeted us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, uh, we move, moving on from the bread, we got our beverages. Uh, mm. You guys went with iced tea. Me and Mitch uh, got some um, um, some alcoholic beverages. Mitch, mm. you asked an astute question. You asked if the lemonade was made in-house. Well, because uh, specifically on the menu, it said raspberry lemonade. Right. And then below it, it said sodas, and uh, included in that was lemonade. Right. And I was like, is... So hold on, do you guys? Why is this featured by itself? Because there was also an Ar- Arnold Palmer that was kind of on display too. Yeah, among the non-alcoholic ones, they were they were shutting. Which a was lot what of you and I were going to. We were gonna, yeah, yeah. We, we both. We, it, it, it catches your eye, right? Like it's it's re- it's it, it's really out in front under the non-alcoholic drinks. It's the first one you see, and it looks like it's. Some, and then he's like, "Oh no, it's all Minute Maid." Lemonade, and then with the raspberry one, we put some raspberry pulp in there, and I was like, "Oh, that's so." Sad. One of the smoothest transitions from one drink choice to another. You went from fresh lemonade to uh, Long Island iced tea. <laughs> yeah. That was that really was a bridge gone too far. Yeah. Um, how was that Long Island? Some may say one of the class, uh, the classiest cocktails you can get. Yeah. Uh, Long Island iced tea. Some, so I. Um, but sorry, I understand. Many. You were trying to. You had a. You wanted that Arnold Palmer. You I, were trying I, I, to. I, and that, that, that's clo- right. Isn't that kind of close? close? It's in the same ballpark of flavor profiles. It is a boozy Arnold Palmer. <laughs> 
And it, you know what? I'll say this. It I was, understand your rationale. It, it, it made sense to me when I did it. And then it, maybe it didn't really execute what I wanted. But Lorenzo's Long, Long Island Iced Tea is what it was called. Mm-hmm. I don't know who Lorenzo is. Probably a friend of Frank Maggiano. Who, uh, but it was... Uh, it was it was good. The cocktail was actually it was it was good, and that's was my first impression. Besides the bread, and I was like, okay, decent a decent drink here. Yeah, and, and they, Nick, you had they had a they have a they had an insane menu insert. It was like a hidden like feature of the menu. It was like a Mad Magazine fold in. You had to like dig in there and pull it out, and the, we didn't know it was there until our waiter told us about it. Um, but I pulled Alfred, it Alfred E. Newman was on it. Too. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Um, and, uh, uh, and it, it pulled it out and there was, I got on that was listed one drink, which was a seasonal rum sour. And that's what I got. It came uh, uh, up in like kind of Manhattan style glass. Mm. Um, you know, it, it was fine. It was a fine, uh, uh, Adult beverage. Adult, yeah, it was a fine adult beverage. I mean, it was like it was very sour. I mean, like they, they were really leaning on the sour element, I, not I, particularly boozy. I just felt like it tasted like an orange liqueur. It tasted like a like a Grand Marnier or whatever. You know, the, yeah, the, 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 sour Grand Marnier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was it, it was very it was thick. I, I, I didn't love yours, Nick. No, I didn't think it was. I mean, it was a little too syrupy, yeah. um, like you alluded to. And, and yeah, the, the the sour really cut through. And I think if you really, really like a sour drink, that might be for you. But I, I would have preferred to get a glass of wine or something uh, with an Italian meal. Um, then we got onto our appetizers. We got the bruschetta bar tour, which consisted of five different bruschettas. I'll just list these real quick. We each had, I think, uh, one of them because they're not easy to share. You know what I'm going to find out is what I ate right now because I don't know the... Besides Kevin, I don't know if any of us know of the one that we had right yeah well you, you actually thought you might have had the beef one i think i think i had the beef one but i'm not i'm not 100 percent sure yeah mitch i think you're correct here are the options italian beef which mm-hmm. was uh giardina nera i'm not sure how to say that fontina cheese and pepperoncini aioli mm-hmm. a spiced shrimp that's the one i got mm-hmm. uh which was uh which was smoked bacon roasted peppers and a corn fondue that's what that that creamy sauce was there was a lot of that corn fondue uh, the tomato, which was the traditional, uh, the roasted pear, prosciutto, blue cheese, and balsamic. Uh, Jamie got that one, and then the candied smoke bake, smoked bacon, rather, uh, which had ricotta, uh, arugula, and fig jam. Uh, you guys split that one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. The spice shrimp one was fine. It was very, very polenti. They, they, there was a lot of that cream sauce on there. Yeah, mine was, mine was very that the cheese on the on the Italian beef one was was out of control. It was mm-hmm. crazy. We didn't even really know what it was. And but I liked it. I thought it tasted really good. The the candied uh, bacon one, I, Jamie. What did you think? I liked it. I liked it okay. I thought it was fine. A little too much candy on that bacon. Mine were both of mine were very similar because they were both sweet. Right. And the candied one, the candy bacon one, be more sweet than the fig and prosciutto one. But yeah, that was odd because both of mine like kind of had the same palate. Going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just a weird. A stra- and then Kevin, you had the you had, you had the, just the, the original, I had the classic the tomato, classic. and I thought it was very tasty. Yeah, I, I, and I, I think that they were I think they were good. It's just they were fine a, bites. It's just such a strange that like the the, the bruschetta bar or whatever. It's strange, right? an odd thing to make into a sampler. I will say this: I felt they did the bread part of the bruschetta. And there are six ways to pronounce that, so forgive me. <laughs> uh, the bread part of it, though, was to my liking. Perfectly. Yes. Uh, yeah. Often yeah. it's too crisp yeah. or a little too crunchy or a little too uh, not I fresh. Will, yeah. I will mention this too. Mine had made my hands very sticky, and then they were sticky for the rest of the meal. Man, I hate that. <laughs> like I, hate I like I fingers. feel like I needed like a moist towelette or like you know from or, the, right. or, or the candy bacon hot, one yeah. or the other or both from both. Yeah, yeah. Because they were yeah. So whatever it was, especially the candy bacon one. Yeah. 
that I will like that. That's why I will order if I'm getting for an app. I will get even though I like regular wings better. I will get boneless wings over them just so I don't have sticky fingers for the duration of a meal. Like I hate I hate that sensation. People know you always got sticky oh, fingers, right. you pervert. Uh, <laughs> Suggesting I'm cranking off and then going into a chain restaurant. Hey, no, <laughs> your mind out of the gutter. Uh, I was gonna say yes. you're, you're right about the bread. It was also it was just chewy enough yes but wasn't too chewy and I'll, i cut i could cut through it pretty easy i i, I liked it the, the it was good i just think that there was a lot of weird if you had stuck to just one or two kind of closer to normal flavors i think we would have been better to i would have preferred the the base level one it, it's the grilled cheese or macaroni and cheese thing where it's just like yeah. when you start adding throwing in extra ingredients there just give me the basics i, mm-hmm. I, I think that in its simplest execution it was its best form um the the crispy zucchini uh frite i believe is how you say it frite maybe i don't know Mm-hmm. Um, but this was like a, a fried zucchini app. That was the other one we got. And um, it came with a big old, like a, like a soup bowl, a ranch dressing for dipping, uh, which I liked. I liked that there was a lot of dipping sauce. This was interesting because they were like, they were like full length uh, slices of zucchini that had like been, been uh, sliced on a mandolin. Um, and, and then like a, like a panko bread coating. Uh, you know, I thought they, they were nice and crisp. The coating didn't come off. Uh, this, was, this was really good. It was just pretty heavy. I was impressed. It was I, good. I, I, I thought I we we talked about the cutting of the uh, zucchini at the table and how a lot of the times that can be too. You'll bite, I feel like my experience of these all the time is that I bite into it and then I get burned because molten it's just, lava. The molten, juice exactly. Coming yeah. from right. Zucchini. Right. Because yeah. I feel we discussed this that they're normally sliced into spears. Yes. Yes. Yeah, like 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 pick, fried pickles. Correct. Basically. Yes. Yeah. This was thin enough where it didn't retain all that heat. Yeah. And they were nice and crispy because of this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they were really good. Yeah. It was like good tempura. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, and then the other way that they could have sliced it would just also with a mandolin, but like in chip form. Right. Which I've had it like that before as well. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's something about, I like that it was like long, like the like they sliced the, the, the zucchini long ways and it was very thin. Yeah, the length of a zucchini. I yeah. have to say I found the length uh, off-putting. Uh, it reminded me of breaded trout. Yes, that's, oh, it, that's how long it was. Right. If you're looking for a visual, it, it looked like it looked like fish and chips, Listeners. minus the chips. See, yeah. I like the presentation. I like that it was. I don't know. I thought it was a. I was it, being snarky. Oh. <laughs> it was. I thought this, it was very. I'm taking this unique. very seriously. <laughs> yes, I know you are. I know you are. I, I respect that. <laughs> um, we each got a salad. I got. I went with a Maggiano salad, which uh, was, was prosciutto, red onions, mm. blue cheese, house dressing. A lot of red onions on there. It's a just a, just a whole bunch of red onions with that with that lettuce blend. Uh, the prosciutto was really just came. It was basically bacon bits. I wouldn't have known it was even crispy prosciutto. prosciutto. They said, yeah, yeah, it, it, but they were like little, small, little, like almost like a Italian red pepper flake size. <laughs> they were just so made small. A face. She did not like the sound of crispy prosciutto. I don't think prosciutto is supposed to be cooked. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I've had it. I've had it crisped up before, but I mean, this was this was like I'd rather just get full pieces rather than these little these little tiny niblets. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, it was a it was a fine dressing. I mean, the the blue cheese was a nice element. Uh, how was your guys' salads? Well, Kevin, you had the Caesar salad, respectable yes. for yeah. not table side serious service, mm-hmm. right? Just in terms of their own dressing, and yeah, it was respectable, sure. And then Jamie and I had uh, a, a tossed Italian salad. Uh, there was an issue. There was a snap. We got we got one. Uh, I, I and uh, Jamie, you, you got the one salad, and I. I, I they I brought was like, two Caesars, they and we two needed Caesars. two Italians. That's right. Yeah. So they left one Italian in in front of Mitch, who then graciously gave it to Jamie, mm-hmm. um, which reminded me just now. Even that was a bad move by the waiter. If yes. there were only one and we were missing one, right? It should have gone to the lady, but he had already also, delivered it to you. Remember when we yes. ordered our yeah. food? He 
didn't ask me first. Yes. yes. He was like, whoever wants to go, whoever made eye contact yeah. with him. That's what he said. He said, whoever makes eye contact with yeah, me. Yeah, it was a very... Let's, here's hoping it was his last night <laughs> uh, by choice. And he kind of phoned it in. Cause, yeah. Because God bless you. Yeah, you never uh, know. I mean, like, you know, it, 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 it's easy to, to be sympathy. weeded at a place like that, I mentioned. There's, yeah. each, I imagine each waiter or waitress has too many tables. I, it was I, super, I, I, I it was super a, busy. I think there's a huge part of that. We, we, well, the we, dining room was always full. Yes. We, 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 we always try to give service, people who work in the service industry the benefit mm-hmm. of the doubt. He didn't do a good job. I mean, it, we, we can say that. He, yeah. he, he, did, he did a lousy job. It, it was tough because there were just long breaks between we, when we were getting checked on and, and just long delays in, in service and, and no real like updates on it, how anything was going. I understand sometimes the kitchen gets backed up, but it's you like someone to check in with you. And, so he, and I would say, how long was it before I got my... He, 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 he came back to the table and I said, oh, we still have... He's, he was asked to clear the salads. I feel like it was a 10-minute mm-hmm. gap before I think you ten, got your I think salad, about 10 minutes. Which is insane. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah. I wasn't crazy that the appetizers arrived with the salads. Yeah. I feel like I would have liked the yeah. apps and then a bit of a delay before the salads. Yeah. Timing wasn't ideal. For, especially for a night that was the timing was all over the place. Mm-hmm. No, nothing really... Like, we were there for a very long time. He didn't check in on us for a long time. So it, it didn't seem like they had to come at the same time. I felt like there could have been a little break between the two of them. So right. I will say, though, that he... Always had a good attitude. Like, he yeah. didn't have a bad attitude at all. Very just, friendly. Right. Upbeat, friendly fellow. Right. Yeah. yeah. Nice guy. Uh, Maybe, you know what? Could Other stuff could be going on, but... Absolutely. Not, but it was not, all going on tonight. Yeah, it was all... It, something was going on. Whatever. And it was... It, it was... It, I'll say that. It was... There. It looked like every table was taken in that place. Right. And, and it feels like they just pump people in and out of there. Also, too, when um, Nick and I went to the restroom, there's like two giant parties going on up on a the wedding. level, too. That's yeah. crazy. There was a wedding in one giant room up there. That's it was insane. bananas. That's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Same kitchen, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And uh, you know what? I'll say this. Once the salad came, I like that. That I loved the salad. Like, it's a, mm-hmm. it was a perfect little Italian tossed salad. It was great. It, it, it was you- like a step above the Olive Garden. It yes. was like an individual sized portion Olive Garden salad, but just like a, a notch, notch higher. Better, yeah, right. I like. I really, I really enjoyed it, and I like that Olive Garden salad. It was, and it, and it was, it was a little, it was a little better than that. So. And I think that that's maybe what you guys just touched on is is you can kind of kind of encapsulates Maggiano's as a whole, right? Absolutely. It is like kind of like Olive Garden stuff, but just like up a few notches. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that that brings us into our entrees. So I got the Parmesan crusted tilapia. Uh, which comes with uh, just really just a big old piece of fish uh, and with a little crust on it. It comes with capers. This is the biggest fish in the ocean. It was, you had so much fish on your plate. I think they gave me two fillets because it was just, it was. I saw two fillets. Yeah, I think think it was two of them. I think it was one giant fish. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but I'm I'm giving an answer as if I was sworn in by a court. (laughs) There were two pieces of fish on your plate. Because uh, I remember thinking pretty early on, we all sort of agreed, I'm taking half this home. These yeah. portions are too big. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at those two pieces of fish thinking, will he just eat one of them and take the other one home? Yeah. yeah. And that ended up pretty much happening. I mean, I mean, you almost wonder if it's by design. We, um, I feel like we all did that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I just meant the two pieces of fish. The, the fish is, I mean, especially so much fish just seems strange. It, it, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it also had some sage, some lemon butter, and uh, it, was, it was served over a whole bunch of spinach. The spinach was quite, quite nice, and I liked that it was just soaking in that sauce. Uh, and, and, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was flavorful and well-cooked and, and didn't get too 
Um, you know, sometimes when it's sitting underneath a protein, it gets it, it gets too wilted. But I think it was actually like a like a perfect sort of texture uh, and consistency. The tilapia, you know, aside from there being a lot of it. It just didn't taste like the freshest fish, and you know mm. that's on me for ordering fish on a Sunday night. Uh, but oh I, yeah, uh, but you know I I do feel like it it felt like it was something that was either uh, uh you know was previously frozen or had maybe just just sitting in that been sitting in that fridge for a little. It's a bit. big no no, Nick. Yeah, um, but uh, especially in Italian, I I I, I like that you got it because it's an interesting thing to get, but. It doesn't feel like I don't even know if they really need. Besides, outside of calamari, do they need? Do they need a big seafood selection at you this restaurant? You gotta have seafood. That's like an Italian staple. Uh, at I, this it, place, though, yeah, why not? All right. I think Whatever especially if they're say. doing like a, like a more upscale version of, of 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 Italian. I mean, like, yeah, they, they think you gotta have seafood. All right, sure. You I, were in Italy, isn't that a huge part of Italian? It, food? it is. It is a big part of it. I'm just saying, at Maggiano specifically, I feel like there's so many steak and fish, chicken dishes already. Right. Do, do, do they do they have an extensive fish menu too? They're they're a big seafood menu. No, you gotta do il mare oh god right fuck you <laughs> um what did you guys do on the entree side of things i did chicken parmesan mm-hmm. classic i wanted to try it and i think that's what i got 13 years ago uh and it was good it like it, it it's a step above olive garden like you were saying but it right. wasn't it didn't blow me away i it wasn't a it was and it comes with a little uh there's two uh chicken breasts and you know, just fry the lightly fried. They did a good job. It's just like the overall taste of it. I don't know if it was it was that great. Right. It came with a little side of spaghetti, um, with a nice red sauce, with a with a with a, with a <laughs> beautiful red sauce, um, and it was it was fine. It, that, it, that pasta looked overcooked, just just visually. It was okay. It wasn't it was okay. It actually, okay, right? it actually wasn't that bad. Um, but uh, it it I, I it's hard to even explain it because I can't even really break it down. Besides, it was just like slightly above average chicken parmesan. Sure, I feel like the sauce was a little lot, like the the red sauce maybe just isn't the best red sauce that there is, and it and it, and and it, and that that's it. There's nothing else I can really say about it. I was satisfied. Yeah, you know, like going into it too. I, I I was thinking about getting a steak or something, but I feel like that's such a classic, and and they do it just fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's maybe as good as it needs to be. Exactly, yeah. Um, uh, Kevin, how about yourself? I went with the uh, shrimp diavolo, I want to say. Yeah. Spicy shrimp with right. fettuccine. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was nice. It was nice. Uh, I will say, in, in terms of my experience with the food and my experience in the past, the few times I've been to Olive Garden, that this was this whole restaurant, the vibe, the food, the tablecloths, the everything – is a solid step or two solid steps above Olive Garden, right? In yeah. every regard, yeah, that's that fair. needs to be said. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, you may have endless bread at Olive Garden, but yeah. you didn't have this bread. Sure, you're right. In the last time we went to Olive Garden, it tasted terrible. I mean, I'm just thinking back to it right now. That was a pretty bad visit. It was a, a bad visit. visit, and this this food was is much higher quality. I feel like yeah. the best review of Olive Garden is going to be it was a solid meal. Yeah, yeah, it was a solid meal. Mm-hmm. And if you're nothing it, wrong with that, and I think you're lucky. You, you would not say that about Majos. I don't feel like that would be the review. Mm-hmm. I feel it would be either, I don't know, the red sauce wasn't as great as I thought it would be. It was slightly above average. What you guys were saying. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry I felt the need to. Uh, no, that's great. I think you, I think you should stick up for it because you're right. I, 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 it, this, this is a better 
it's a better presentation. It's a nicer restaurant. Yeah, the Every, atmosphere. Really the atmosphere is, a, is nicer. Everything about it is quite a bit better. And by the way, the thing I was saying about the fish, I was just saying like like fish fillet. I don't know if you need at this restaurant. Like a shrimp pasta dish, I think is is fine. There's a, a lot nice salmon, maybe a nice salmon, and then and then that's it. There's a lot there. Are, there's a lot of options on this menu. For, yeah, yeah, for just the thing that's two sided. Whole lot of pasta dishes. Too. Yes, yeah, yeah, which we didn't even really. Yeah, we didn't sample that. Too. Jamie, you had the. Uh, I had the chicken marsala. Marsala. But yeah. Where, which I wasn't thrilled with, but I think this was my mistake, and I Based went the with waiter. the. They had the option of you can do the lighter version, and he uh, said that the only difference was it came with a fettuccine noodle as opposed to a spaghetti noodle. Hmm. And I prefer, uh, um, I'm used to getting chicken marsala with a fettuccine noodle, so I went with it. And the waiter even said, "There's no difference in the taste. I think they taste exactly the same. It's just a different noodle." And so I went with it, and it did not have enough sauce. Mm. And also, there was caramelized onions on it, which Hello. I don't rem- think is supposed to come on. Tri- like every other chicken marsala I've ever had, it's just been like a mushroom wine sauce. Yeah, I don't know why there was caramelized onions. That is that sounds strange to me too, Nick. The do- way the waiter's reasoning is baffling. The idea that fettuccine would sit like the idea that that's like the calorie savings in and of itself is fettuccine versus spaghetti. It's clearly less. Sauce. Uh, sauce, right? Would be yeah, the yeah. It's like saying, "Oh, this is a, this sandwich is health." The, 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 do you want the regular version or the healthy version? The regular one comes on sourdough. The healthy version comes on white bread. It's like those are they're yeah. calorically going to be basically identical. There's something else you're doing with the, the ingredients. That Less mayonnaise. Yeah, exactly. And if you recall, right. he said they taste exactly the same, other than the the, the noodles. Just that's a fucking liar. I'm gonna go down there, and once this is over, I'm gonna go down there and get my ass kicked by that guy. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> um, dessert course, we got a New York-style cheesecake and a cannoli chocolate cake, a couple of cups of coffee. Uh, the, the cheesecake, pretty standard, seasonal berry sauce, uh, fresh berries, and the cannoli chocolate cake, a bunch of different la- Like I feel like it was, it was maybe nine layers of, of chocolate cake. I think he said it was ten layers ten when layers. he described okay. it, yes. And with a kind right. of a cannoli cream in between them. In between like what looked like chocolate cake. Yes, yeah, yeah. But then there's the pistachio creamy yeah. frosting, right? Yeah, and and then there there were pistachios on the back of the cake, basically on the on the on the cakes the cakes bottom. Uh, there were, the, well, that's the, it would be the top, right? Oh yeah, the side it would be the side of the cake. When really. you, yeah, you put it on its end, and it's it, it's it's what the, is that? The cake's ass it was what, where it is. Can we say aft. Uh, the cake's the cake's aft. Well, it would be if you were slicing a cake, it would be the top and then the side, right? That would be awesome. Yeah, yes. yeah. I was on the side. And it, I really enjoyed that dessert. I, I did yeah, it was too. quite nice. It was it was nice and moist. And also, I think the waiter did say that it was good. So we got to give him props here. Yep. Um, and it was uh, it was it, it was really tasty. How did you how did you like that uh, cheesecake? I thought the cheesecake was very typical of a, uh, a perfect New York style, mm-hmm. authentic New York style cheesecake. It yeah. had a really good graham cracker crust. Yes, it did. Yeah, a lot of your uh, better. Uh, classic cheesecakes comes down to the crust. Yeah, oddly, and uh, good call. Yeah, that was that was the the deal maker for me. I also like just the whole strawberries. Those strawberries were nice. Yeah, they were. And they were. Yeah, ni- nice, nice. Uh, well, they're fresh in produce. Season. Yeah, oh, they are. Yeah. yeah, I only know that because Jamie cut up a few this morning. Yeah. They were, they were, they were, they were, they were, it was very good. The dessert was a nice little. Uh, it was, it was a nice closer, closer to the mill. Even though. At this point, we were we were there for a, a long 
we were there for two and a half hours. We were I think there that, two and a half I, hours. Yeah, that has to tie into our evaluation. We had a six thirty reservation. We got out of there at nine p.m. Uh, it, was, it was it was quite a quite an ordeal. And you guys had coffees, correct? You you, you had, Kevin, you had a uh, I had americano, and it was all right. It was indeed uh, a perfect americano. Perfect. Nick? I get a cup of decaf because I can't have caffeine after 5 p.m. Went with the placebo? Yeah, I went with the placebo. I went with just the hot brown with uh, no additives. Um, If you're like a gremlin, if you have coffee after after a certain time, you go on a murderous rage, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Is that right? No, I'm up all all night. I'm not making mischief. I'm not committing crimes. I'm not turning into Jack the Ripper. It could Night be stalker. an interesting defense, though. <laughs> hey. The old gremlin defense. Right. Uh, well, let's get to our final thoughts on Maggiano. So, Kevin, here's how this will work. We'll each go around and uh, and give our closing argument, if you will, and then assign this a rating mm-hmm. on the order of zero to five forks. And, Jamie, feel free to, to chime in with your thoughts as well. Uh, but, Kevin, you're our guest. We will begin with you. Okay, well, as I said, I felt the need to step up my defense of the place right. when it was suggested that it was slightly better. I don't know if you used the word slightly. That might be uh, unfair. Mm-hmm. But uh, a notch or two above Olive Garden. I would not put them in the same conversation. Correct. Uh, I is, agree. is my take on it. Uh, I love Italian food. It might be my favorite kind of food, certainly my favorite country to eat in. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a far cry from the great Italian restaurants that I've uh, been to. But uh, I felt it was a very solid Italian meal in all regards. And I felt that the, my food, anyways, was uh, very fresh in all of its ingredients. Um, the big uh, problem, really, the few problems came from uh, um, a waiter who was uh, either one of the seven reasons we uh, politely gave as to why he was uh, a slow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also sense a, a passing off of the football. Like he would take the order, other people would bring it. Right. He would say, "Oh, we'd like Jamie and I would like to uh, have a refreshed round of iced teas." He would take that information, give it to someone else, and then that genius would take ten minutes to <laughs> accomplish that simple task. So I don't know that all of it actually fa- fell on him. Uh, the uh, more fancy of the two desserts, I felt, was um, surprisingly wonderful. Mm-hmm. And um, so overall, of five of forks, um, I'd give it a solid 3.25. Wow. Three forks, one time. Very good score. <laughs> All right, Jamie, go ahead. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed the zucchini appetizer. The bruschetta one, I could take or leave. The bread was excellent. Salad was good. My Entree wasn't great. I think that was a miscommunication or my mistake. Like, I feel like I poorly ordered. Um, Desserts were good. Yeah, service was slow, but that restaurant was packed with, Mm -hmm. like, two parties upstairs. And, yeah, I feel like it was a lot of, like, miscommunication with, like, the server would, you know, take our order and then disappear and pass, as you would say, like, pass the football to somebody else. Um, And I just feel that I could get like this hole in the wall dining place that I mentioned that's in Playa, like I could get a way better meal there. Right. And every time, every time it like, it, it always like knocks it out of the park and here. And I have to take into consideration, like it's in a very touristy area. It's basically in a mall. This is somewhere like everyone there was like in large groups with their families, obviously. And that's the only time I've been there 
prior is whenever I was like, my mother was here from out of town and like we went there because you're going to be able to please everybody with this meal. So I would give it um, a three. Three forks. Three forks. Very solid. Go ahead, Mitch. Kevin, I'm with you. I think Italian food is my favorite food. And a way that we evaluate restaurants on here is like, how good are how good is this company doing at, at are they doing the best to their ability at doing what they're setting out to do? Is right. this, is this, is this, what is, and, and here's my issue with Maggiano's. What is, what, I don't even know where it falls in, what place it falls into. I, I love hole in the wall Italian places. I feel like the East coast has a billion of them out here. They're harder to find. And I love Italian food and there's a lot of great Italian restaurants out here. Don't get me wrong, but just kind of like the red sauce pasta places. And, and this, doesn't really like Buca de Bebo is that mm-hmm. it just is trying to be a red sauce. Hey, here you go. Here's the sh- here's the shit. Eat it up, you idiots. And then this place is kind of like it's a little higher class than that, right? And the food quality is better. It is better. It's it is it is better than Olive Garden for mm-hmm. sure. But it's not that great. I'd rather eat at a, a, a if I'm going to go this much, especially with how how expensive. It is. It's not like it's cheap. It's not like a, a really cheap restaurant. No, you're spending a good amount of money. And they give you good portions for the money you spend. Yeah, I'll say giant. That too. Yeah, we all took half were, our food home. Our entrees were $20. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, 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 and for the amount of food you get, it's not bad. It just is confusing to me. It, 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 like, why would you go to this place over... Uh, John and Vinny's is up the street from there. Why wouldn't you go to John and Vinny's? Like you, I right. would go to John and Vinny's. You, 100% go to John and Vinny's. And or or try to or well, the place in West Hollywood the the kind of the red sauce place that's uh, like the old Italian place in in West Hollywood, but like I forget the name of it, so it's not helpful. Chipino. But uh, what is it? Is it Chipino? No. Oh, there there is one that like that too though. I think I mean whatever. There, Which place are you talking? About? I know now that's going to drive me nuts. Yeah, you know you because you went. I think you yes. had dinner with me there. We had a big text group. Of people yeah, I know. I know what place you're talking about. But. I just don't know why you go. Oh, Dantana's? Yeah, yes, Dantana's. Yes, yeah. thank you. Which is more like kind of a kitsch factor, but it still right. like has character but to why, it. Why would you choose Maggiano's if, between those two? You know what I mean? Like, I'm right. either going to that only, one or going to the other one. That's the only thing I think of which I'd mention. There was a lot of families there, a lot of large parties. Right. I feel like, because like, when I was growing up, I'm 36. When I was growing up, like you went... With your family to the Olive Garden, like for an event, like yeah. after like somebody's like graduation or yes. something or something, or like you went there, and I feel like that's what Maggiano's is doing yeah. because uh, the Olive Garden has like lowered itself to like you'll just go there on a Tuesday for lunch, yeah, right? Yeah, and you get eat all the salad and bread and, you want. Right. But you're right. I think maybe and that is that is an accomplishment to to feed that many people. There was a ton of people in there tonight, but it just isn't. It's not. It's nothing that great, but it's also not bad. So I'm going three and a half forks. I like it. I think it's good, but I'm not going to go. I'm not running back to Maggiano's. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it'll be a while before my next return trip and, and that it may in fact be end up being podcast related. If that's the, that's the reason if the, for some reason we see uh, revisiting Maggiano's is something we, we should do. Uh, uh it, it is it is pricey and and you have to keep that in mind I mean I think Jamie touched on it that, that, that this is for you know this is for birthdays this is for anniversaries this is for prom night and and I think that's a big part of their business in fact when I called to make the reservation I mean actually you saw called to make the reservation thanks you song um, they ask if it's for uh, if it's for anyone's like if it's for any special occasion because I think that's just like so much of their business is they're they're wondering like you know what are you celebrating and that that's that's what you're there for um, to, to answer your question Mitch which is like uh, why wouldn't you go to uh, you know a, a local spot 
my answer would be maybe you live in Scottsdale, sure. Arizona, yes. and there isn't a great local Italian spot. But that said, I think there's enough uh, it, it, great Italian food across the country now where I think wherever you live, there's probably a great local Italian restaurant. Yeah. There's probably a good local Italian restaurant that's going to be you know, in the ballpark price-wise with what a Maggiano's is, but also mm-hmm. be a, a, a notch above in terms of quality. Um, that said, it's fine. And I think it's a, I think it's got a lot of crowd pleasers. I think I think a lot of kids would love it. I think, you know, this might be a great spot for dad's birthday, d- depending on your, your family situation. And, and I think you have to consider that I think it, it does that part of it well. So I, I think we're going to be ballpark buds on this one. I'm, I'm going three and a half forks as well. Wow, okay. Uh, it, it, it's a fine... Perfectly serviceable Italian restaurant that's maybe a little pricey for what you get. Um, well, that was our review of Maggiano's. It's time for a regular segment. Wow. We've got a food stuff. We're going to decide if it's worth putting in your mouth. It's snack or whack. Kevin, can I tell you, Susser told me to say this. Our Wire. friend Evan Susser, friend of the podcast. Oh, I got to I gotta give you the... Told you to say... Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you in a second. Okay. What? Oh, I don't need. I don't need this. Oh, you don't. Oh, oh, yeah. We're not doing a snack. There's no, no, there's yeah. no song that goes. With no, there's snack no. Or there's no dumb song though. Although maybe I should come up with one because we seem to do a lot of Oreo stuff, and that's what this is. This is the uh, chocolate peanut butter uh, pie Oreo, which is the new flavor. Kevin, um, you're you're an amazing impressionist. Graham flavored uh, cookie, peanut butter, and chocolate. I'll let you finish. Go ahead, Mitch. Evan Susser wanted us to do a segment that was first impressions, mm-hmm. and you would eat you a go. snack and then do an impression based on the per- like like your response to the snack. I can do that. And uh <laughs> and Nick Weiger vetoed Evan and I cuz I was going to do one too. Uh Well, if I do one then there's almost no point in you doing it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I if you'd like it. to do one you should do yours first. No, no, no. <laughs> That's a great a, a great great I'm looking after you. I vetoed it for this very reason. <laughs> it would have been no, humiliating no, I'm for you happy to um <laughs> So I have the queerest brag of anyone you know, and that mm-hmm. is the politically correct use of the term, in that if you Google Christopher Walken impersonation, mm-hmm. sometimes over 60,000 search answers will come up. Yeah. That's how pedestrian it's become Man. to do Christopher Walken. Yeah. There are five pages on YouTube dedicated to Asians doing Christopher Walken, yeah. and they are fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I am the number one uh, search on that Google search. Yeah. Wow. I come up first. Wow. Again, the queerest brag you'll ever hear. <laughs> yeah. That's and, and utterly worthless. Um, I wonder where I rank on that on the I've never put I've never put a video of myself up there, so I guess I don't rank anywhere. I think but. you should do a walking impression, put it on YouTube and see where it ranks in the metrics as an experiment this Kevin, week. I'm coming for that number one spot. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. And you have a social media following and you could easily surpass it. <laughs> um, heavy set buffoon. So I <laughs> Christopher Walken fail. <laughs> So should I sample this and then remark on it as? Please. In, in, which, in whichever impression you think, but uh, I'll just say this about it. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, okay. no, Mitch. Why? No, no. It's perfect. It's perfect in many ways. One, you did yours first. Very smart. Two, it's W-O-A, if you really want to get the right Walken. Wow. Um. So I would say that uh, um, the first person I saw do Christopher Walken on television was Jay Moore. Mm. He did uh, Christopher Walken's Psychic Network. Yes, okay. Where he sat on a couch in front of a phone and waited for it to ring. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I asked him, when Chris McCory and I actually were somehow on the Warner's lot together, we were producing and casting something uh, that we had created that never saw the light of day. But... 
we saw him and chased him down in our golf cart and said, what is the key to your Christopher Walken? Because we were working on our horrible one at the time, about 1996. And he said, uh, every, when doing Walken, every single syllable word becomes two syllables. Mm. So the word woe becomes wow. <laughs> okay. That's, so, that's, amazing. that's amazing to break it down that yeah, way. Yeah, it was great. Right. Well, that's, that's what the... If I may, in all due respect, that's what the people who do this well do. Uh, <laughs> now, um, I also was doing a podcast for a while. There's about 15 episodes available, however you get your podcast, called Talk and Walkin'. Right. Mm. Where I would have someone come over, and we would shoot the shit, just two people, like my dinner with Andre, only inexplicably I spoke only as Christopher Walken, never mentioning him or me, <laughs> just two voices talking about the minutia of life. Right. And one of them <laughs> is speaking as Christopher Walken, and we don't know why. Uh, so, I love that. And the reason for that, really, was my favorite type of Walken is really the conversational one who doesn't necessarily have to push. <laughs> Any particular wow word or a piece of word, really, and also it's the whisper. You got to get the whisper in there if you're going to do it right. So here we go. I'm going to send. What's the cookie called again? I was, was going to try one again. This is I, the chocolate peanut butter pie Oreo. Okay, I'm chewing. Ooh. Hmm. I'll be honest. It's what you expect. There are no surprises in this cookie, mm -hmm. which may be a good thing or bad, depending on what you're going for. <laughs> but I, I'm enjoying it. I think I would finish it, mm. if not for the chewing sound in people's ears, which I don't personally find enjoyable. <laughs> so I'm going to stop uh, about a third of the way through this particular cookie and say, ooh, I like it. <laughs> Who's next? <laughs> Feels like a solid snack. You know what I have to say about oh, that, boy. Nick? Oh, no. <laughs> it's me, Bill Clinton. A sign of a good impression is you say the guy's name. <laughs> yeah, that you have to say the guy's name is the sign. <laughs> so I'm going to say whack. One of my favorite activities. Oh, boy. Because you're famously horny. Uh, I'm going to say whack. I, I didn't like it that much. It, it, I agree with you that it has a nice taste. Oh. I might do soft snack, mm. a soft snack. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't race back to this, but yeah. I'm enjoying it while I'm eating it just because I like all sweets. Yeah. Uh, it's not blowing my mind. Are you guys getting an overwhelming graham cracker taste it, from this? It is. Like, it's a graham cracker cookie is, is what it is, and, and I'm not sure why that, how that quite conveys chocolate peanut butter pie. Did you have No, no. Okay. I am. That a graham cracker yeah. crust yeah. Yeah. would I, be in the pie? I guess, I, I, guess, I, I guess, yeah. I guess generally would have a graham cracker crust. I, I, not always I, in no, my what? experience, That's but sometimes. That's crazy to me. That, that, I, that, that was the thing that was off-putting to me. Yeah. I, I will say to me, like, I don't get a lot of chocolate. It's like a, a it's like a nutter butter with a graham cracker cookie. Like that's that's what it is. It's just like a lot of a lot of peanut butter. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'll do soft whack on this yeah. one. Yeah. That said, I mean, I don't dislike it. I'd rather have an or a regular Oreo. It's pretty far removed from an Oreo in I'm terms go of flavor. Full blown Z's whack. I can't finish it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. Full blown Z's whack. It went bad. It went bad. Um, you what, know, Jamie, I, what did you say? Did you? Did, I agree with Nick completely. It yeah. just tastes like an. I didn't get a lot of chocolate in right. it, and I purposely, like, when I first bit into it, I tried to get, like, equal parts of chocolate and peanut butter, 
and then the I went on each side, person. and then I went on each side of the cookie mm-hmm. to give to give it a full review. Right, and I just feel like it tasted like a nutter butter, right. with a graham cracker mm. cookie, ah. and. I never got chocolate out of it, yeah, and I would really rather just have. I'm also not a fan of these, or like these gimmick Oreos. Right. I really just like an Oreo, a double stuff Oreo, or but I do love the Halloween Oreos, which mm-hmm. are just double stuffs with orange food colored regular cream. But I they love taste that. fun. They taste Those are different for fun. some reason. Yeah, it right. Is they fun, taste yeah. better. I don't know why they taste better. Because <laughs> you like just, Halloween, probably. That's why it better. But <laughs> I would rather just have a regular Oreo or a Nutter Butter. Yeah. Yeah, I just realized that they're they're trying to do an, they're trying to do another butter. And yeah. they're, they're but family. why the chocolate? Because I don't yeah. taste it. There, there, there's no real reason for it. Uh, but that said, if anyone out there has a favorite uh, Oreo spinoff flavor, uh, hashtag Oreo Speedwagon. Let us know. Oh, let us God. know what's working for you. By the way, guys, we're gonna give you these Oreos to go. They're yours. They're your prize. <laughs> when you say you guys, you mean you, you specifically? Oh. oh. That's unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, I also Nor appreciate it. <laughs> listeners will love that I stepped on your Bill Clinton impression to continue doing mine. No, uh, I, think, I think it's great that you threw it out there for people. You know, shake it up. I think it's exciting. These are exciting times. Wow, there's two of us in here. <laughs> is there? There certainly is. Did you say two or did you mean three? <laughs> That's right. It's me, also Bill Clinton. Oh, there's three of us. Whoa. I think I know an activity we can do. Fuck, <laughs> <The>, uh, autofocus. <laughs> Does anyone have a blue dress? <laughs> <laughs> that was Snacker Whack. Just like a restaurant with all your feedback. Let's open up the feedback. This week's email comes to us from Matt from SF. Hey, there, SF. Uh, Matt writes, I love the show and I love my wife, but a year and a half into our marriage, she just revealed to me that she is a strange dipper. We stopped at a Starbucks while driving to SoCal. She got one of those little protein plates with assorted snacks and a little container of ranch. Key detail. She proceeded to dip every item in the ranch. Carrots, apples, the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No. All of it. The only one she didn't like was the sandwich. So do y'all have any weird dipping habits, pairings of items and dips that one might not normally assume go together, but you like anyway? Uh, Kevin, anything come to mind weird dipping? The only thing that comes to mind is that letter not ending in we're no longer together yeah. <laughs> uh, makes me want to not respond to this guy's question. right it, quite insane i can't imagine dipping an apple slice into ranch dressing that's bananas the peanut butter and jelly sandwich got apple. me that's mm. so weird that's insane so weird sweet yeah, right that, that, that does, it doesn't make i think you're trying to sense. prove something when you dip a peanut butter sandwich into uh Ra- yeah ranch dressing yeah. you're trying to prove that uh you love ranch dressing. <laughs> it belongs on everything. Yeah. And uh, forgive me, uh, you're also trying to prove you're an idiot. <laughs> I don't know why you wanted to prove that to your husband. He seems to love you. Clearly standing by you. Uh, but he did stand by you enough to share that with us. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's... I, I, I think that is disgusting. I, I, I actually would maybe... I wouldn't like to see a peanut butter and jelly sandwich get dipped. I would, like if my loved one was doing it, I would was gross me out. It would gross me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah. gag reflex type for me. The, the only strange dipping I think I do is I will like if you get like a like a dip sampler. I, I'll do like you know I'll take like the the onion rings and put them in the marinara sauce yeah. for the uh, for the mozzarella sticks or whatever. Like I, I think that's fair game. Uh, that's but not I do that like crazy. I do like fries and mustard. I think that's oh, yeah, fun. I'll do that occasionally. Okay, so that's not that crazy. That's not that's not it's odd. Yeah, it's it's a little off uh, off offbeat, but it's not like acceptable. Bizarre. Yeah. 
Little mayo. I know in European in Europe they like to they dip their their French fries mm-hmm. in mayo a lot of the time. That's, Jamie will. Go I like there. that. Yeah. She'll go yeah. there. I it's love I love fries, fries and mayo. Yeah, but nothing 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 like that. That's that. I mean, no, nothing. We like spoke that. briefly of the uh, a dinner. I ingested my need to declare that Five Guys had the best French fries. That's in, right. Yes. in Southern California. Um, Hi ho, he ho. Hi ho, cheeseburger. Yeah. Hi ho, the new place in Santa Monica has a uh, uh, French fry that I also deeply, deeply love. Jamie and a friend of hers, Corey Levin, made French fries uh, in a fry fryer at our house. I hand cut the potatoes wow. for one of the poker wow. games. They were hand cut. I'll let her describe to you how the process, uh, just in terms of the way. Just the way fry. they're cooked. This is why that this I... This is how I, I love them. This is why we like Five Guys, and I believe hi Ho's doing the same thing. Now, this is according to Alton Brown. This is how you make the perfect French fry. You want to cook them at first on a low temperature, mm-hmm. and then whenever you want to serve them, you cook them again at a higher temperature. Uh, oh, second that's time. that's good. Then you shake it in the bag. And they get that double cook. That's when they're, you know, when they're like brown? Yes. That's what creates that. You shake them in the bag with the salt? Yes. Yeah. I use Lowry seasoning salt. Oh, oh that's a good that's move. A great salt. Yeah. Well, wow. we yeah. started with this insane dip question. We ended up with a great home cooking tip for making your own fries. And it sounds like you can dip those fries in anything. They sound yeah, delicious. Yeah. So the French, for the point I was getting about bringing about the tipping, when I, dipping, excuse me, when I get the Five Guys French fry, which is my favorite uh, of any chain, mm-hmm. I do not need ketchup or dipping of any wow. kind. I get oh. the Cajun yeah. oh, yes. French fry, and then no dipping necessary. That's almost maybe be may, might be as crazy to people as as a crazy dipping. I feel yeah. like nothing at all. Yep. And I, I I'll, I'll enjoy a French fry, but I will always usually go to ketchup at some point because I like to get a little ketchup on there. But if it's a really well done French fry, I'm I'm with you. And we you know we talked about this. Five guys is good. We we were hard on it during the tournament of champions, but it, it is they do a good. We came around to we five came, guys. We came, we came around. They, five and, guys is great. Yeah, I like that they put up the where the potato is that you get your French fries from, even though it changes, it changes a lot. But they'll they'll tell you like where they got the potatoes from. Sure. Sometimes I, I'll go in there and just get fries. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And a soda. Yeah, I like just the unapologetic fuck you to anyone with a peanut allergy. There's just so much peanuts there. There's peanut oil, the fries, peanuts all over the floor. You can't even come to the premises if you're I allergic. stand by them on that decision. Yeah, it's great. Uh, also, I clearly needed to interject that the apple pan cheeseburger uh, is the best cheeseburger in Los Angeles. Yes. Wow. Also declared by Elvis Presley. Whoa. His yeah. favorite cheeseburger in Los Angeles in the 60s. Wow. And yeah. mine is today, 2018. Yes, I think when Elvis would order that cheeseburger, he might say, well, thank you very much. Oh, my God. If I may, he would say, thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Double dip it. Double dip (laughs) If you have a question or comment about the world of Jane Restaurants, you can email us at doughboyspodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 830-GO-DOUGH. That's 830-463-6844. To get the Doughboys Double, our weekly bonus episode, join the Golden or Platinum Plate Club at patreon.com slash doughboys. Kevin Pollack, thank you so much for joining us. Jamie, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Kevin, do you have anything you would like to plug at this time? Um, well, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, uh, we just finished shooting season two. I'm not allowed to tell you exactly when it drops. I'll just say before the end of the year. Uh, ten episodes, season two. Uh, we just... Uh, you won every Emmy. Cleaned up at the Emmy, <laughs> no. as they say. So much so that it was palpable in the room by the time we won Best Show. The audience was like... <laughs> These fucking guys again. I mean, it was really kind of weird. <laughs> right. Um, uh, I will be back for season two of Better Things, the Pamela Adlon show. Um, nice. And, um, what else? I'm a, oh, the Kevin Pollock chat show. And there then I'm uh, 
allegedly uh, directing a script of mine uh, in the new year. So look for something called uh, Waiting for Helen. That was announced in the trades just a couple weeks ago. Hell yeah. Um, and also I want to give full credit to my better half. Jamie Fox, that's her real name, <laughs> Eric Bishop, uh, for turning me on to your show and for being uh, such a devoted fan who will not shut up about this show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that I uh, became uh, enough of a fan to, uh, <laughs> to want to get to know you both. And I will say, uh, if you ever have a chance... Uh, to have a meal with these fellas, please do, because um, the the personalities and demeanors at dinner, uh, I'll dare say, uh, versus the ones on the podcast, are very, very well-mannered and respectful. Wow. Uh, you know, you guys are a little tough on each other, right. which, which is great entertainment, but it was not at all your personalities I felt at the restaurant. You were both extremely, uh, again, uh, very... Like, I would say well-mannered just because it's a dying art in terms of, of, of caring about other people's needs and, and um, very just wonderful uh, dinner mates. Oh, wow. And companions. And uh, I, I think I would uh, say, let's go have a meal together uh, before I would say, hey, let's do another podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. I would, I'll come back anytime you'll have me. But I wanted to give full credit to Jamie as to why I'm here. Well, likewise, that, that, and it was uh, we took about seven hours of your day. Right. So uh, thank you so much for doing this. This is great. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? That'll do it for this episode of Doughboys. And until next time for the Spoonman, Mike Mitchell. I'm Nick Weiger. Happy eating. See ya. Hey, San Diego. We're doing a live show at the House of Blues on Friday, November 30th. For tickets and info, go to headgum.com/live and look for Doughboys. Surf's up. See you there, buddy. Now you're speaking my language. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>